I am a very, very lucky man today because I have the honor and privilege of introducing to you, the listening audience, in my what is, in my opinion, my favorite, the greatest creative team of all time. The unstoppable force in comics. I am referring to two men who have become a part of one of the biggest bombshell announcements in comics, which, of course, is the beginning of Ghost Machine. I am speaking to two legends of <laughs> the business. Jeff Johns, who we knew we would get today, and the special guest, because Jeff's not a guest anymore. He's family. The very, very special guest, Gary Frank. Oh, thanks, Sean. Hello. That was such a nice introduction. I almost feel like we should stop now. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was too nice, yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate that. And happy to be back. I, I love you guys. I know I, I love talking comics. I love that you guys go deep into like the craft and the the stories and all that and the character stuff. And that's that's what Gary and I do. So it's a pleasure to be here with him. Well, we're gonna go very deep into everything that you guys are doing now with Ghost Machine, because I mean, my goodness, this is this announcement took the comics industry by storm, and it's been such an exciting thing to watch unfold. You know, we're all uh the, the the rest of the pals like we are too young to remember the image boom and what that was and what that felt like when those creators jumped ship but we're getting to live it now with you guys and the rest of ghost machine so it's incredibly exciting i know that the audience the listening audience who are live with us now have been so excited for this and they did not know that gary would be here today so there's a lot of excitement in the chat right now uh if you guys that are listening want to get questions uh asked and answered you can drop a super chat you can uh if you're a patron if you're a channel member you guys hang on tight we will get to all of that i'm gonna get the spiel out there now so that i don't have to worry about it and we can just dive in with these two wonderful gentlemen so here we go if you want to support your boys Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the absolute best way to do that. We are always giving you bang for your buck. We have a bunch of great content on offer on our Patreon. Uh, we love you guys that support us over there. We really, really appreciate you. And I want to show that support right now and that appreciation by thanking Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice Atomic Hound, Starcross Catherine Stars, the Night Stalker Harris Dijinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marvelous Mike and McKenzie, Marley Manistorm, Slow Flow Dameron, Amin Almighty Perez, and Pete Collins. Pete, don't worry, I didn't forget about you. We just don't have the time to do your origin story today, but we will get to it. Thank you so much. YouTube.com slash the Comics Pals, where you can join our channel membership. Just click the join button. That helps us out a lot. You get green names in the chat. You can share your emojis with the people and let them know you're a fan of what we do here. I'll leave it there. You guys know the rest. Thank you so much. I, I got to say, those names are awesome. They sound like Fortnite characters to me. That's so great. <laughs> like, where do those all come from? Love it. They I came like that, from I like my brain. The, I like that the PS was Pete Collins, like the, a regular name, but the, all the other ones are like... <laughs> I, yeah, I'm on the docket to give Pete a name next week, so... Oh, I we think that might be me. A name today, a, like a nickname today. 
You you want one? Yeah, yeah. We should, we should no. We should brainstorm Pete Collins' nickname today. Oh, we can definitely yeah, do. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna have fun today. We got to figure out what his favorite characters are, and like we'll we'll create some cool handle. Well, Ooh. Pete Pete is actually an incredible artist. Oh, cool. uh, he's a working artist. He d- he's on the Bardic Verses, and uh, we've got a question that's going to come from him for you a little bit later, actually. Okay. So uh, cool. may- maybe when we get to that, we can decide his nickname <clears throat> live sure. on the show. Um, all right. So I want to start with a question for both of you, because you have a working relationship that spans, I mean, at this point, almost 20 years. And... That's sort of rare these days in comics, I feel like. So why, what is it about the the dynamic and the collaboration that makes you guys keep coming back to each other? I mean, now you're locked in with each other. You guys are, you know, you've, you've made it, you've made it uh, official. So what is it about the relationship and collaboration that you keep coming back to? Should I go? Yeah, I'll let Gary start. You, yeah, I'll let Gary start for once. Okay. Um... <laughs> Well, you know, like first few years, we didn't really kind of know each other. So it was kind of based on the the work thing. We both, I think, like to do the same stuff. We both have the same kind of things that we enjoy uh, doing with comics. We don't necessarily get massively excited with just uh, the, 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 the fireworks and the explosions and stuff. We like the character stuff and we like the kind of the building of the... Uh, you know the heart of the characters and making them feel like real people and kind of taking taking people on an emotional journey and I think sometimes that that gets a little lost with 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 some comics and I think we kind of early on we sort of we clicked and we realized that 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 was you know the the thing that we both like doing and you know the the, the two things just kind of meshed the the two stars just meshed yeah I'd say like one of the I've always I was always a huge huge fan of Gary from the Hulk days and Supergirl and all this all his work and supreme power and um and he was he was definitely like my favorite artist i wanted to work with and so can i say i'm just i'm i'm really really glad you didn't say since i was a kid i, I wasn't a kid when i we're, we're, not that, <laughs> we're not that much different we're older than everybody else here like because we do remember the image days which is a big yeah. huge influence on ghost machine obviously but um i was a huge fan of gary and i was at marvel a lot of people don't even know i worked at marvel for almost two years um i was writing um uh, the vision and Avengers and um, Gary was working at Marvel and I said, and Tom Brevoort, I talked in great editor, awesome editor at Marvel, Tom. And I said, Tom, if Gary's available, like I would, I would kill to work with Gary Frank, kill to work with him. And then we ended up doing some Avengers issues. And I, I just, I, I loved it. Um, we didn't know each other really. And I would check in with him. And then I went, then I signed an exclusive <clears throat> DC launching teen Titans and green line and rebirth and stuff. And Gary was at, um, at, at Marvel um that might be when you went to do supreme power and um possibly yeah it was exclusive for a while because yeah yeah, every sort of you send me a message but my my exclusive deal just kept seeming to last every every every, like six months or a year i'm like hey are you still exclusive and he was like yes 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 and then it was like 2000 i don't know it's early 2000s they're just about to collect our all our superman stuff into a big absolute we just got like the the um, PDF of everything, all this these extras. I did commentary on the Legion. There's like a secret bonus thing inside. But anyway, it was great to collect like all the stuff we've ever done with Superman because Gary to me is the best Superman artist that's ever lived. So we saw uh, there was an opportunity to do Superman, and I called Gary, and he was like his contract was finally up, and he was interested, and we ended up 
um, doing action comics. Uh, they offered us Superman, but we wanted action comics because that's like the first one. It was like, wait, they're like action comics always sells less. I'm like, I don't care. I want, I want action comics. Like that's the, that's the real, like, I want to be part of that legacy. And get, so Gary and I got to do that. And, and he had never, it was a Superman and Legion story. Gary didn't really know the Legion, but we talked so much about character because all we talked about was like, he's like, why, why are they important? And I'm like, well, they're important because when, when Clark was a kid, he was completely alone. He was an alien who could fly. He felt like a freak. And one day these kids showed up and all they could all fly too. And they were all aliens. And so suddenly Clark wasn't alone. And I think Clark deserves not to feel alone all the time. So I want, I want to have the Legion back a part of his life because it, it gives some relief to a <clears throat> very lonely childhood. And so Gary and I wrapped around, like just started talking about character. And all we did was talk about character. The plot was connected to character. We never talked about like, let's do big double page spreads or explosions or anything. And as we did Superman, we just really clicked. We did Superman and the Legion and Brainiac and then Secret Origin. And then we were we were actually going to go do some more Superman stuff, but we got offered Batman Earth One. And then that led to another one and then Shazam. And ultimately, I mean, we're going to go through all of it, I'm sure. Um, and, and so, but we always, Gary and I talk all the time. And we all we both want the same thing. We want great characters. We want you to care. We want we want you to see to connect emotionally with somebody, and all the rest of this stuff will come. Like the rest of it is to me is easy. Is if you have that that you're led by your heart, um, not by your you know what's cool or what's smart or it's just what 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 do you feel? Um, and so Gary and I just we kept and everything we did. Like I'm like I'm so proud of that book. I'm so proud of that book. Like if someone says, what do you do? I'm like, well, I just look at everything Gary and I've done. I'm like, I'll pick any of those. And and they're kind of designed to be read. Like the Superman stories, we purposely did them. You can read them in any order. You can read Brainiac and then Secret Origin and then Legion, or you can read Legion. Like we did that because we felt Superman was so yeah. big and, and we wanted to make the, our books and stories accessible. And for a strange reason, even though we've worked in continuity with Superman and Shazam and even Doomsday Clock, I think Gary and I have a, when we work together, there's something magical that happens where we can, I think Junkyard Joe and Geiger are examples of it too, where we can actually create something that you don't need to read hundreds of comics to understand. Whether it's Batman or Superman or Shazam or, or Doomsday Clock even, <clears throat> really don't need to read a lot. I remember with Doomsday Clock, they're like, well, what I have to read? I'm like, Watchmen and just know who Superman is. And that was it. That was yeah. what, It was designed for that. It was designed to take the greatest graphic novel ever written and the greatest superhero ever created and smash them together and see what would happen. Who would win? Who would affect the other one more? And um, and so, yeah, that's why Gary and I, we just clicked and and really enjoy. I really enjoy, and obviously we're good good friends too. We, I really enjoy his company, but we, I mean, Ghost Machine started because of that relationship, because Gary and I's relationship. We were going to go do more work for hire stuff before Gary was really like, let's go do image. Like, let's do Geiger. And Garrick Stevenson had been asking me to do stuff for years. And when we did that, we were actually going to do Geiger and then go back to work for hire. And it, we had so much fun and we kept going. We had, yeah, we had a project planned. We had already, a, wow. didn't we, to go back after we did that. Which yeah, we had a, we had, yeah, we had a big work for hire project planned right after Geiger. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, wait, Geiger did so well. And, and we had so much fun in the creative control. And I, and I would like to talk about creative control at some point because Ghost Machines about it because people, I think, misinterpret creative control as no one tells you what to do and you just do anything you want. And that's not the case. It's you get to work with who you want. You know, it's you get to you get to collaborate with who you want because you want collaboration, especially in a, in a medium like this. 
but um but anyway that's kind of why we st <clears throat> stuck together and now why we i mean ghost machine create it came out of our relationship it really did it's it's fun in a way that talking about the to just get back to what you're just saying then about the creative control aspect of it and it's not about necessarily um you know i i, I was thinking about this uh, recently and it's kind of like you know you remember when you're a kid and you're kind of you know you got a buddy and you sit and you're playing with I don't know uh, Action Man or G.I. Joe and you're kind of inventing these scenarios and everything yeah. it's almost like that it's almost like we, we're we, we're doing that on a, on a kind of a you know a, 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 a more complex level now but it's the same it's the same thing it's still two two kids with action figures and like we're yeah and now he's going to do this and he's going to do that and you're just kind of you know you're you're putting yourself in the into these characters and kind of you know imagining what they're going to be doing in these in these scenarios and it's just it's basically i mean obviously there there's a there's there's craft to it which I, you know which 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 comes with, with you know with the years and stuff but essentially it's core it's the same thing it, it, as as that it's just play it's just playing with toys you um You'd mentioned that there's a level of truth to the stories that you try to incorporate, and and with that character, that's how that starts. Do you feel there's a deeper level of honesty that you can kind of present by having a bit more of that creative control? Yeah, you know, Mark, it's a great, it's a great <clears throat> question. Mark. Not, not, it's not one that I actually was aware of until we started working because I remember writing Green Lantern for almost a decade. I had a, loved working on that book, such a privilege and honor. And I worked with great artists, great editors, great. It was a great time. But I remember when I got to got to the ending, I was like, oh, I'm leaving. And I don't I can't do a real ending because this book's going to keep going. And I'm like, I hope they don't kill all these characters. I hope they don't blow up all the core because I'm like, the first thing someone's going to do is come in and just wipe out all the other colored core. And they're cool. Like they're, they, they actually mean something. But but anyway, the it was different because I like with that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the best <clears> ending I can. And, and I wrote Green Lantern 20 as it, in, somewhat in the future so that you could look back and you could actually end and not read any more Green Lantern and have a closed ending after that issue. But I knew it was going to keep going. And there's certain things that, you know, um, you know, Batman's going to keep fighting the Joker, right? That's just going to happen. The Joker's never going to stay in Arkham. There's never going to be an end to the Joker or the Riddler or the Penguin or Bane. They're just going to keep coming back. One of the things when we started working on Geiger and Junkyard Joe and then Redcoat and Rook and more Geiger and all these books that characters have beginnings, middles and ends, that there's not going to be a cycle of repetition um, because that's not that's not the nature of these stories. And that's something that was was a new kind of a new tool to me as a storyteller, because I've been working so much with the DC universe or more Marvel earlier where you knew Captain America and Red Skull were going to eventually fight again. There was never going to be an ending. And so Gary and I are like, we're working on the Geiger monthly book right now. And there's a great new character we've introduced that we're talking about their story, their beginning, their middle, their like where they're going. And it's so exciting because the emotion of it is so much more real and honest, like you say, because it's not going to be a cycle, you know, it's story. And that's, I didn't, I didn't think about that stuff before we started doing this. I didn't think of, so for me writing, I'm so excited. To, I, I wake up, I'm like, I cannot wait to write this. <clears throat> I'm having more fun I've, than I've had since, since probably the heyday of, for me, like I was writing, like when Gary and I were doing, you know, Superman and, and 
I mean, everything I read with Gary had fun with, but like Green Lantern and all that stuff where you really are digging into these characters. You really invested all our time. That's why we're exclusive too. It's like, I don't want to do anything else but this. I can't to really dedicate myself to this just because it's multi. It's like, we're not doing five issues of Geiger. This is a years and years and years and years long book. Like it's going to keep going and going and going. And, but the new tool to me that I was, I was not conscious of was the honesty of storytelling that we're going to have because they aren't like, Oh, Joker's stopped. And then six months later, there's a, another Joker story. And I understand those books. I, I love reading those comics, but as a storyteller, when you're thinking about big stories and long form storytelling now, it's just different. It's a, a little bit different. Yeah. I so, think... uh, sorry, Tyler, yeah. I need to get this in. Um, I want to say, if you guys want to see exactly what it is, that Jeff is talking about ghost machine. Number one is coming. And the final cutter final order cutoff date for that is this coming Monday, uh, December 18th. And the actual issue releases on January 24th. You're going to get to see the creators, you know, and the characters that you're going to love. And we can guarantee you're going to love the characters because junkyard Joe and Geiger are already beloved. And these are new characters. And this is what has already happened. And we haven't seen what Jason Fabok is doing with Ro Rook War or Rook Exodus. I'm sorry. We haven't seen the Rocket Fellers. We haven't seen all this stuff yet. We've only gotten a taste and we already love it. So creators you know, characters you love, don't forget, if you want to get in on the ground floor of Ghost Machine, grab that uh, Ghost Machine number one. Monday, December 18th, that's the final order cutoff. You can go to your LCS and let them know that you want this. Yeah. Tell them you want it. Tell them that you're into this so that they can order more and more people will join the fold. This is this is the image boom in 2023. Get in on the ground floor. I promise you won't regret it. Yeah, people are always complaining about uh, jumping on points right here. <laughs> yep. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a big jumping on point. And the fact that we only have like two... We have, you know, a Geiger Volume 1 and Junkyard Joe Volume 1. And, and But you don't even need to necessarily be those. You can just pick up Ghost Machine Number 1 and you'll get a chance to check all of the characters out. I mean, it's not a... It's a really 64 pages. We put a lot of effort into it. I don't think you'll find a better or more beautiful book on the stands. I mean, you've got Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jason Fabach, Francis Manipal, Snayberg, Ivan Reese. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And we have more artists we haven't announced yet, more people we haven't announced yet for this too. But we'll talk about that next time. Fair enough. Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, so Jeff, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, the honesty of being able to do this creator-owned stuff. And that reminds me of like a, a Bendis quote with him having to talk about putting his toys back together, like back uh, together before the next person can play with them. Um, and I actually think that this brings up a good question that one of the listeners had was uh, Tom Account asked, uh, thanks for the many, many great stories over the years. What level of danger and consequences can we expect to see in the Mad Ghost, uh, in the uh, Ghost Machine line? Uh, for example, that is something that Robert Kirkman tapped into in The Walking Dead, making readers not want to miss a single issue. Can we expect that kind of level of excitement and uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, because when things happen, they happen. And there there is a lot of, you know, with Geiger, Gary and I are working on right now, there's a lot of consequence. You know, the book's about... The book's about a, a man who's become a monster and he's trying to become a man again. Like it's it's a in a dangerous, violent world where he was surviving and living for one reason to protect his family. And when that reason is taken away, what does what does someone like that do now? And that's really where we kick off the story. And and issue one right away, we 
I mean, we have such a love <clears throat> issue one. I can't wait for people to write a read issue one. Um, we introduce a, a character that's going to be a big mainstay in the book too. That's a, a lot of fun. Gary, Gary and I are really enjoying that character. We talk about this character all the time. It's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, now, if, if I may, if I may, because <clears throat> you know, Jeff, we love you. We've interacted with you a few times. You know, we're 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 we, we're we're familiar. I would love if we could put the spotlight on Gary right sure. now. So I want to say, Gary, first of all, you are my favorite artist of all time. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. The first Superman comic that I ever read had your art in it. It was it was you guys. It was it was that action comics. I didn't I never tried Superman before. And I said, wow, OK, this looks great. I'll give it a shot. And I was blown away. So and I've loved everything since then. It's it's all incredible. Um, I even I checked out Ken. I love that. Um, oh, wow. So I I love you. You're 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 my favorite. Thank um, you very much. You're welcome. We we always hear about the motivations of the writer, right? We always hear you know uh, what it is that motivates them to tell the stories that they tell, and I feel like we don't often get to hear the artist side of that. So um, what are the things about life, your life, your life experience, the things that matter to you that you like to bring to your stories and your collaborations? Again, I, I think we're, we're going back to what I was talking about earlier about we kind of, Jeff and I kind of share certain uh, themes and things that we like to kind of, you know, to go back to and one of those is family. We, you know, we both have, uh families and we, we're both dads and there's like a kind of that sort of gets reflected i think in in, in a lot of the story kind of the, the, this the the importance of that and geiger i mean it's it's the core of geiger he's he's a family man who's who's protecting his his family or he thinks he's protecting his family uh and yeah so i mean the, 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 these are things these are things in terms of themes in general i don't know i don't think we I don't think we necessarily want to make anything too overtly political. I think there's a kind of an, a, 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 you know, there are certain um, certain things which kind of echo through all stories, you know, kind of the, uh, uh, to do with conflict and good and evil and, and things like that. And I think we're basically all art forms or, or all of the modern art forms and most of the modern art forms are kind of tapping into those things in some way. Um, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's the, there's the ideas about, uh, uh, heroism and and you know doing the right thing and trying to take a moral stand and trying to kind of maintain a moral compass so I think that's something which has kind of been in all of the books we've done I don't think you can really do a Superman story for instance without that the Batman's uh, story we we did was uh, the Earth One stuff it was kind of it was also integral to that because it was an unformed Batman so you were kind of, it was kind of stripped back to the man he is and then kind of building the Batman around around him from scratch so all of these things, I think, are are interesting things to explore. That that is it's fun stuff, but mostly, like I said, I think the, the main thing that I really enjoy doing is just I just like to find a character and then get get to know that character and feel feel that I know them, and then just try to just try to make that person feel as real as possible on the page, so that when a person's reading it, they 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 care, they care not because there's it, it looks cool, he's got a cool costume or he's got a cool superpower. Or, or anything like that, but just even a robot, even a robot with no facial expressions, uh, you, you 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 feel the humanity. You kind of 
that that's a that, that's just a, a a great buzz when you can kind of like put together i i, I say this uh, quite often but it, like throughout my career which has been quite a long one i've kind of found some satisfaction in different aspects of it and for a few years now the the thing which gives me the most satisfaction is getting when i've got a block of pages or i've got a scene and at this point of course there's no letter and i i know that i know what's being said because i've read the script obviously but the, the 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 satisfaction for me comes from just laying out five or six pages and just running through them at the silent panels like that and then just when you, when it feels like it's kind of clicking when it feels like even without that that direction from the words you still feel that you know where where, where it's going that's the buzz now I think for me so and I mean I'm a, I, I think a, a degree of that is also down to kind of like understanding the characters and knowing what how they're reacting to the situations trying to communicate that. It, it's fun when you can do like a cool action scene and you know some 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 visceral uh thing some you know whoa moment it, it, it is fun and it's cool but for me the real satisfaction is kind of just like feeling trying to feel how these characters are are, are we're trying to communicate how these characters are feeling and if i can if i feel i'm successful with that, that that's where the satisfaction uh comes from i love that and i think uh, jeff last time we were you were on the show uh it was, it was junkyard joe where you mentioned those silent panels that Gary does that just yeah. helps with pacing and, and it adds, uh, it's an intended way yeah. of getting the reader to kind of feel what you want without. They're very, yeah. yeah, they're very intended because especially with a character like Junkyard Joe who, who can't emote at least the way we think emoting is. So you have a girl like Emily who's afraid and looks up and then you see Joe, a silent panel and he just, takes a step back or turns away you get emotion from his movements but you play off the other characters and and the way gary does it you need those silent panels i love we have a lot of silent beats in our books like in our, all our work we have because that's where you feel the emotion i call it i call it leaning in because there's kind of two types of storytelling we try to do this with the star girl too like there's a lot of tv it's called i call it lean out tv where they just talk about what's going on they talk about what's then they talk about what's what, they talk about what's going to happen then they talk about what's happening then they talk about what happened and you've got these wall to wall to wall scenes of just people talking dialogue 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 and you never really feel anything so you kind of lean back you check your phone for emails you you know you go get a snack whatever the moment you don't have someone explain everything you're just having you're you're being a, a viewer you're watching something and just like and your brain's putting it together instead of hearing what it's about i feel like you're leaning in and I call it lean in TV. So I was always like, we got to do silent scenes. I, I don't want to explain everything. I don't want, like there's certain things you want to explain, but there's certain moments you want them to feel like when Clark, even in our first Superman issue, I think it's the first one, <clears throat> Clark is feeling lonely because he knows he's this alien and he's walking down, walking home from school and he sees a bird flying and he kind of, it's a bird flying and he flies up with it and he flies up with the bird. It's all silent. And then he's for a moment he's happy, and then the bird flies off, and it joins a flock of other birds, and the and he just stops and watches the flock of other birds go, and you see this look on his face as if oh he has somewhere to go I don't, and that flock of birds ultimately is a legion of superheroes right that's what it's going to be to him his flock is a legion, and that scene in that first issue was really important. People might not really understand why that scene's in there, but they certainly will feel something. They'll feel Clark have a moment of joy, and then it's taken away. And what 
the entire storyline was about was finding that joy for him again like giving him that joy because clark deserves that that joy for being superman he's like i don't i want to see clark always upset and unhappy but finding your tribe like you guys have right you find your you find your group you guys do this every week for how many years seven every week for seven years gary they haven't missed a week excellent crazy so Anyway, the the point of, of it all is that silence, the silence, the panels, all that, everything Gary's talking about, that's what we live for in our storytelling. That's why we we've connected. And Marco, when you said um the honesty of storytelling, and and it's funny because I was thinking when ba- Gary was talking about Batman Earth One, I'm like, that was one book where we could we could have definitive characters and endings. Like we actually ended with an Arkham Asylum that my grandfather was schizophrenic and he was in, a, in an era where it was not treated very well. And we, I always saw Arkham as this rotating thing that, you know, the bad guys come in and then they just get spit back out. And every time you go in Arkham, it's dirty and dingy and there's leaks. And so I'm like, let's, we're going to build to a place. And, and we put, we made Martha, Martha in Arkham, which she was not ever before. And we gave her that so that, and she, we put, she was in and out of institutions and Bruce knew that. And so Bruce was always a little bit like, he was, he was very conscious of all that. And then when his grandfather shows up and he has issues, that Bruce was very concerned about mental health. And so that ultimately we we ended our trilogy with an Arkham that was that was designed to help people and a Bruce that was willing and dedicated to helping people, including including you know Jessica Dent. Um and so our arc in that was a you know, was we, we took <clears throat> some very a very different approach and, and looked at a, a Bruce Wayne that was more concerned about mental health in general and his dedication to helping people who were struggling like his mother was right um and and that's and again batman earth one there's a ton of silent panels um and, and it's not just to do them but it's because <clears throat> emotional moments are really to me what affects a reader more because they're putting it together for themselves yeah. i think that's i, I also kind of like when you engage somebody and you and you force them to kind of create something a little bit in their own head. It it the whole experience kind of it drags you in a little bit more. It becomes a little bit more immersive. It, I I remember um, I I went through a period where I just got obsessed with Akira Kurosawa stuff, and I was trying to I became quite ev- evangelical about it, and it was it was a real hard sell. Yeah, you know, there's mostly black and white uh, stuff, and you need to you you need to watch it with subtitles. You can't. You can't uh, you can't listen to it dubbed. And it's quite a hard hard sell, and I didn't understand. I was thinking about why I was just becoming so addicted to this stuff, and I th- and I realized it was because, or I think it was because, by having to do the, that little extra bit of work of reading, you're you're as Jeff said, you're leaning in a little bit more. Everything else around you is 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 a little bit more distant. The fact that it's black and white, you, your brain is then having to fill in another set of gaps. It's, it's the, you're then also working to add the color, that you know, in your mind or to, to, to fill the scene properly. And the more it's asking of you, the more you're kind of like leaning in, the more everything else kind of just drops away around you. So it just becomes a much more intense and uh, an immersive experience. If something's if something is really, really easy to, to digest and it's full of ex, exposition and it's and as Jeff said, somebody's telling you everything that you need to know constantly and you could and your your brain is has that excess capacity to just then get distracted by something else you you kind of you you lose that that depth and it's odd how many things these days the 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 delivery method is so uh uh, 
the stuff goes down so easily that that you, and then you don't really understand why but 20 minutes in you're thinking about something else it's just because you can yeah yeah you're having having the because to me i all i think about in storytelling whatever it is is how is the audience connecting to this moment that's it how's the audience going to experience this experience this all i'm always thinking about the audience the reader that's it how are they going to interpret this how are they going to think about it so there's certain things where i'm like okay even in the Legion storyline, the first one that you, you read, Sean, the first one we did, even in that, I'm like, the Legion's co a complicated concept to a lot of people. Gary was like, huh, "What? it's a lot of characters. A lot of I said, well, here it is. It's all they are. They're Clark's childhood friends. That's it. Right. He hasn't seen them in a long time, but they're his friends that he connected with and he lost touch with them. That's the story. I'll explain all this stuff as we go, as I need to, but it's the emotion of loneliness that Clark has. And then hearing years and years later that his friends are in trouble and who doesn't have childhood friends that they wouldn't go help. There's a different bond with childhood friends, right? You guys, I'm sure have a friend from, you remember from long, long ago that if they called you today and said, look, I can't explain why, but can you fly here? I need your help. You would be like, I'm, I'm done. No problem. Right. There's a different level of friendship with childhood friends like that. And so it, the, the explanation, I always think there's got to be a little explanation. I used to do like little origin boxes if we had to for JSA or something, but whatever, to, to just to explain the concept quickly so I could get into the emotion of it. And then you would learn about the, the nuances and the sophistication and all that details. The world building kind of comes with it, but it is the the lean-in process where the, the reader and the audience, you want them to have to work a little bit for it because not just because you're like, you wanted it to feel smart or what because you want them to kind of engage with it that way. That's how you connect with somebody. You connect with them because they connect because they're leaning and putting it together. And they're like, oh, that's how I'm feeling. This is how I'm relating to it. And now you've got them connected because you guys have all watched the TV shows that just are like overly explaining or the comic books that are splash, big splash, you know, pages and just fight scenes. And it's cool, but you certainly aren't like locked in going. I remember that moment. Most of the moments you remember are, are, are character moments. They're, defining character moments they're not these big you know these these kind of no one ever says that exposition scene was my favorite scene <laughs> i my i just to sort of take that example one of my favorite shows over here is called death in paradise and it's you know it's a it's a murder mystery show that's you know a very crime of the week type thing um and and just as you say like i, I was just thinking about why I, I like it. And it's because, you know, I like the detective, right? He's he's your bumbly English guy in the Caribbean. Um but is that show still going? Is is that is it Ralph Little? It's Ralph Little, Little right now. But, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> um, I didn't but, I don't see much English TV anymore, but yeah, sorry. I'm interrupting. Oh yeah, no. But I, I was just thinking like I couldn't tell you a single case out of the 13 seasons they've done. And it's be, it's 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 literally because you know the cases aren't what are important, you know, they're going to solve the mystery. Yeah. And every 10 minutes they bookend, you know, the uh the commercial breaks or whatever with a recap of everything they know until the episode ends and they can get to the human parts that will keep you coming back. Yeah, that's, I mean, it is, it's interesting because if you are with a character, if you connect with the character emotionally, you will go with that character anywhere. And you won't really remember, like Spider-Man 2, I remember like Doc Ock, like it was so emotional, it was cool. 
his plan was crazy that it didn't make no sense but you didn't care because you cared you understood why he was doing it right and, and i think the that emotional connection is all that matters all that matters that's why i've always like that's why taking characters that you know with shazam when gary and i got into it, it's like we got to connect with billy and these kids because we looked at shazam we're like look a kid turning new superhero is cool but this that's not what this is necessarily about it's about a kid who all he wants to do here and i talked about this incessantly he just wants to turn 18 to have to be a, an adult he just wants to be an adult he wants to turn 18 just to get out of the foster system and have people stop trying to tell him what to do he doesn't want a family he doesn't want a fake fake parents in his mind he doesn't want he just wants to be 18 so he can do what he wants and just get out of this system because he's had a really hard life and then he's put into a foster home where he eventually ultimately connects with all these people these foster parents and these brothers and sisters and his secret superpower ultimately is to share his power with those he deems family, including all these kids. Obviously, adapted right to the movie. It's a, that that first movie is a, literally our graphic novel, almost scene for scene, um, which we were really proud about. But the but that heart, that 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 emotional journey, we we looked at it and said, how do we take a kid who can turn into a superhero and make it into an emotional story? And also, the thing that I always loved about Shazam was oh, he's got. Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel. He's got like others that he can, he gave his powers to. So let's make that all part, all of that circulates around the the center of gravity, which is about found family and, and how, how important it is and how wonderful it can be and how magical it is and how rare it is. And so that's what we did is we took all these pieces of, of mythology and concepts and great stories from the past and expanded the kids out and made it for, made it more modern, but took all of it, put around that emotional center. You know, that emotional center is why that, that movie works or why that, why our comic book worked. Um, but that's why Gary and I did it. We had a great time on Shazam. Junkyard Joe felt to me like the closest in terms of tone to something like Shazam that we've done in a while. It was very different, but still had that kind of Spielberg, like early Spielberg feel, which is what we were going for. Small town in Indiana and a, Robot soldier shows up, which is a crazy story, um, and not a typical. Ben and Christmas always helps as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, all, yeah, we do like, yeah, we do like snow and Christmas. A little extra sprinkling of magic. It is. There is something I remember in Shazam. Like, let's make it happen during Christmas in the book because it, it it makes it more families more important during that time. You're just mm -hmm. thinking more about family, and and then we did the same with Junkyard Joe because it was a start, such a stark contrast between the jungles of Vietnam and and then. The Winters of, of Melody Hills, Indiana. Um, love that book. That was a really fun book to work on. And uh, Gary, when it tying tying all those pieces together, when it comes to representing that lean in comic moment, um, the thing that is burned in my memory is uh, issue three of Junkyard Joe, where he kind of just uh, has this PTSD moment and he kind of devolves. What, what, what do you think about when you try to represent that, both from the capturing that that emotion but also ensuring that it is lean in i think i think uh joe himself that character that it, it, it there's so much lean in just because of the fact that you're asking the audience to bring so much to it i know i i think and people sometimes have said you know how did about the humanity how do you get the humanity how do you do, you do it and the the the, the truth is is 
that I'm not really doing that much of it. Most most of it is coming from the person that's reading. You've got that that blank face. And if everything else is right and if it's written well and if the other characters are reacting in a certain way, then I, I'm not really drawing that much into it. It but but the reader is bringing that stuff. They're layering it on because that's what they're that they're thinking they're putting themselves in the position of of that robot and then they're and that's where the emotion's coming from. So that's the lean in on on that. I can't raise an eyebrow. I can't change the eyes or anything. But he, he, but if everything else around this thing is right, and if and if the basin is right and the story is right, then people will bring that themselves. And I think that's kind of that's the secret. I, it kind of I, it, okay. I can admit it now. Most of the work was done by everybody else. One of my uh, absolute favorite moments in comics of the last ten years is in Geiger when the last moment that Junkyard Joe has um I always go back to that I always go back to it because we're looking at this robot doesn't emote but you know you do really when you read Geiger at first you don't know his history you don't know much but you see you know these final moments of the story where he's what he's thinking about and all you're looking at is a blank face but there's so much inside of that moment that it becomes a bigger moment when you read junkyard joe like it pays off again i just i love that and that's that lean in that you're talking about i don't remember the fight i remember that yeah yeah that Glimpse of of muddy from when in his memory yes, as he's kind yes. of he's shutting down and you go from kind of like this Terminator style creature that you don't care about to suddenly wait whoa what's that who's yes. that yes yeah it was it was it's interesting because the junkyard Joe like it's and it's a very different story than Geiger obviously and pur purposely but also just that's what the story was but when Gary and I did that we like we knew it's like this is such not a mainstream superhero book like it's not. This is not anything like anything we've done, and and um and it turned out to be one. It's one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. I just love that book so much. I have such fondness for it, for for Joe because I love Joe. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I, I, sorry. Just be, before we move on from that and talking about how it's not a like a kind of regular traditional superhero book, there was a moment when um we were putting together some stuff for the uh. For, for the new stuff where they're kind of like character sheets and detailing the characteristics of the characters. And there was a section under one of them saying uh, superpowers for, for Joe, but because that's what you do, right? When you're deciding what character is in comics, you list a little bit about their background, how, how they look, and then what is their superpower, of course. And it, and it just was, it just suddenly, it, it, it like kind of landed like a, like a, like a clunk, just like, but superpowers, that's not what, what these characters are. They're not, they shouldn't have, I don't know. It just, it just felt like it, it just felt like it was, a, 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 that, that was, we've been doing these things, all of us in, you know, uh, in this stuff, we've been, we've been doing these superhero comics for so, for so long that you kind of, you, 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 you assume that there are all of these things that need to be done, but they don't necessarily need, uh, need to be done with these characters. They don't even necessarily feel right to have them. Yeah. because they're they're different can I, can I share my screen for a second it's i think it's it's to to currently disabled uh i will i will enable that for you right now great there we go you should be able to okay awesome because i'm going to just why, why we're talking about this this is from ghost machine one some of the 
dossiers, but like we it's called abilities here and that was that was a discussion like we actually had a discussion point about that because we went into it and we're like okay let's talk about these characters um rule yeah yeah they're really cool I'm, what you know we're really inspired by the old dc who's who i love those I miss, oh, man yeah. i miss those yeah i miss those too and so we're doing these we're, but we're gonna do these um and ghost machine one there's there's quite a few of these we've got red coat and over there um so these are really these are really fun um i'm gonna actually go to the top of this book i'll just show you guys a little bit about it um love the cover super proud of all this like the fact that they're gonna keep these circles are gonna keep getting smaller and smaller as more people join <laughs> uh but that's great um and you know this is a table of contents which i'll just run through i'm not gonna go through the whole book but um you know it's it really is like our four we kind of start with these we, we do start with these four universes the unnamed is one that we've talked a lot about in geiger and junkyard joe that's the one we've already started and so that has the you know the, the different characters across the unnamed timeline across the history of america and all of their beginnings start in a period of war because a period of wars where people really change and i think as a society we've seen like every war has massively changed the mm -hmm. landscape of history in the world and people and what we want to do with the unnamed is really zero in on the individual and see how does the how's the individual affected by war and they're affected by war in very different ways you know it, it it changes people's lives forever it can be really tragic it can be it can lead to a re reinvention or a rebirth it can you know it, it can do a lot um you can learn about yourself or you can change or you can you know try and be a better person or become a worse person. So the unnamed really explores all these different mythic characters across the American timeline, like Geiger and Redcoat and Junkyard Joe. And, and it was akin to, I grew up on, on stories of like Paul Bunyan and John Henry. And I always loved that there was these mythic Johnny Appleseed, these mythic American, American, you know, characters that, that you didn't even know if they were real or not. And so that was the inspiration behind the unnamed. Um, and then, you know, Jay's got Rook Exodus, um, which is we've got this big sci-fi epic that takes place on a on a far off world. You'll see about it about that in this. And and we've got, you know, Pete Tomasi. Pete Tomasi's working on the Rockefellers with Francis and Hornsby and Halo with Snaber, both are which hilariously fun books. And then we have Hyde Street. Um, but anyway, I'll just show you Gary's work on this because it's so so good. But, you know, this one Ghost Machine One is really designed to kind of just introduce um, introduce these characters and start to get to work on the, uh, you know, leading into the series. This new character here is one of my, I, I think Gary and I have really grown to love him. He's called uh, the nuclear knight. He's one of the knights from, one of the remaining knights from the Camelot from uh, the first series. And he's, thinks Geiger can help him. And he thinks he can help Geiger. And so he's been following him. And, and we'll get a little introduction to him, Gary. Um, but it's a really, uh, yeah, it's a really, there's some more pages. I'm like, I don't want to reveal too much yet, but it's just gorgeous stuff. And, and, um, and this leads into, you know, this leads into our, uh, our, to, into our monthly series. There's, a, there's some more pages here, but, but, but that's, that's a look at it at least. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Sean. Uh, Gary, you're here now. Could that, that's, uh, that spread. Could you, could you just walk through like, what what am I trying to show here? Like what what is obviously page two? Like, oh thank you Jeff. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, like, what is up. 
what, what's going through your head? Like, how are you presenting mm -hmm. this? Uh, I love that. The, with the, uh, to be honest, the, the, the nature of this spread was dictated by the, the final image. So everything was just kind of going to be a lead up to that. So um, everything in the script was the, there were the, there were the panels and then we would end up with a big full figure shot. It's just I, I'm even though Geiger is uh, Geiger and Junkyard Joe are the only two of, of, of the new characters, which should already be known. We're kind of aware that a lot of people may not know that and we're certainly trying to find something where we can kind of you know entice people to to find out more so uh yeah it was just it was just about that at this stage at the early stuff this character um the nuclear knight uh was appeared in a um a red coat shore that that brian did in um, brian hitch did in uh the um 80 page special the geiger 80 page special yep. so there was this story was kind of already trailed from that but this was this is kind of their meeting and so yeah it was just there's there's a couple of other pages as well so i don't really want to uh go into too much and even even from even if you could see everything that's in this book it's still kind of it's still just kind of the tip of the iceberg of where we're going with the with the relationship between these two characters but um but yeah that's that's, that's basically it and i i love this uh very last panel right there again another implementation of that silent just i can help you find a cure with that you kind of step away and just you understand okay there's an implication there there's there's something to be wrought because there was no reaction and that is enough of reaction yeah the fact that he pauses means that it, it hits them right just right. that if we didn't have that panel it wouldn't it you wouldn't see that that actually stirs him right uh, and he's not very stirrable right <laughs> like he's not very he doesn't really uh, emote as much as some of these other characters do um there's a funny little bit here like good he says good doggy to this dog and gary <laughs> gary's always on me because I, I call him a dog and gary's like he's a wolf he's a two-headed wolf not a dog i'm like <laughs> but he looks like his geiger's dog so um so there's a funny little bit where they they get an argument about whether he's a wolf or a dog um okay it's, it's up here the pdf is getting corrupted <laughs> it's so big this file it always does this um anyway we've shown you guys some stuff Appreciate love that. it every every time you you come jeff you always show us something really cool you give our our audience a treat so we really appreciate that i i love to it's my it's my pleasure I was uh, well, I was reading that uh that Ashcan from I think it was near Comic Con I think oh yeah um, where it had that double page in it and it also had one for Redcoat and like the characters in Redcoat I was like oh this is this is gonna be a fun yeah. one too yeah yeah it's there's some more pages in that so you'll see there's you know there's like basically like twenty page sections of you know the unnamed with Geiger and Redcoat and then um you know section on Rook, the Rook stuff and 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 then uh, Rocket Feathers Horns being Halo and Hyde Street stuff but it's re it's really fun. I can't wait for the book to come out. I'll send you guys a PDF after this so you guys can read it. But it's turned out really good. Can't wait. I I literally cannot wait. I'm so excited for this whole thing to kick off. Now, I want to talk a lot more about Ghost Machine, and we're obviously going to do that. But I tried to put the focus on Gary. And we got there for a little bit. But I, I want to go back because... Okay, good. Let's do that. I, yeah, I, I, I talk too much. No, no, no. You're good. It's just the conversation evolves. You know, we always have so much fun. I, I don't know when, when I'm going to get this chance again. There's zero possibility that I could have 
Gary Frank here on the podcast and not talk about Doomsday Clock because Doomsday Clock is my favorite DC event. There's just so much amazing stuff in there. And we talked in depth about that, you know, when we when we first spoke, Jeff. But um Gary, you had such a big responsibility with with Doomsday Clock. You know, you you had to uh you had to sort of bring the Watchmen characters from a visual perspective into DC. And it wasn't just the ones that people know, it was the ones that you actually created for this new story. Um, and so for you, what was the process of having to balance, you know, being respectful to the original material and and, and what Dave Gibbons did and in those initial incredible designs, um, creating the new characters that had to feel like they fit into the visual language of Watchmen, but also look like they fit in DC, um, but then bring yourself and your uniqueness to the story as well. What was that process like for you? Um, terrifying. I, uh, I uh, Jeff will tell you that he, at the, the first time he suggested uh, this, I wanted nothing to do with it. The, the first time he suggested bringing the DC universe and the Watchmen universe together, I didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, right? I just, I just, it felt to me just a, t- a terrifying idea, and I just thought I'm going to let somebody else take take that on. But um, as it kind of evolved, and Jeff kind of like you know put, put, built the uh, the structure and the ideas and the and the story that he wanted to tell, and he would occasionally kind of say, "Well, what about this? We do this and we do that." And then gradually, I kind of I could see that there was like a point to this. It, it was it wasn't, and I think that the, the the thing is the way that it's perceived is that it's it's trying to be a sequel to Watchmen, but I don't think that the sequel is really the right word it's a it's a it's a response to 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 watchmen it's kind of virtually every uh dark and gritty comic or uh deconstruction of superheroes that have come since watchmen are sequels to watchmen this is this wasn't that this was about saying um what 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 was the thing which was lost after Watchmen from superhero comics, what was the thing? What where 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 did those things go? And could they could they still be found in that kind of iconic character of Superman? And kind of bringing them together and just saying, um, I mean, the the, the message of uh, of Watchmen was essentially there are no real heroes, no no real superheroes. Nobody comes out of it as a as a as you know as as a completely heroic figure. And so it was a way of saying, but. It's nice though. It's good if we can have superheroes, and there's Superman, and he's great. And what? Why? Why can't we have Superman back? Why can't we have superheroes back? And so it it, it was that. It was it, there, there was a lot of that in terms of the actual um, designs and stuff, and the Dave Gibbons uh, designs of the original stuff. Uh, well, obviously the 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 original uh, Watchmen characters were supposed to be Charlton characters. So that was kind of like the, the the basis for that. So when we went about re you know retooling some of the characters, we started at the at the thing. Jeff knew obviously Jeff's kind of encyclopedic for for, for this thing, so he knew all about uh, the Charlton characters, and he found a couple of Charlton characters, which were called Jeff. Help me. Uh, the Mime and Marionette. Punch and Julie. But that's it, Punch and Julie. Yeah, so we started with those, and then kind of uh, went back and looked how uh, David 
gone from uh, the original Charlton characters that that, that, that were going to be the characters of Watchmen and then built the Watchmen characters that we know and love today and kind of just try to sort of follow the same, you know, the same route, the same process. And I, 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 I having like, having read Watchmen and it being my favorite comic before we did all of this and then having to go back through it and read it and reread it again. I just, I, I marvel at, at, at Dave's accomplishment. It's just, I, everybody says Alan Moore's Watchmen, Alan Moore's Watchmen, but the, the, the work that uh, Dave put in is just phenomenal. And when you're actually going through again, because you know, you're going to be, having to do some kind of a, a a visually related thing you concentrate a lot more on the art and you, you and less on the story you're less kind of carried away by the story and uh it just made me appreciate what he did so much so much more than i did the first time on the you know, first time on reading i think you did a, a phenomenal job um no, doomsday, doomsday clock is for for me personally nothing matches it because it's not about the big punchy action sequences. You know, I think one of the fears initially was, okay, Superman versus Dr. Manhattan. Like that's for, that's for YouTube, you know, that's for, you know, those kind of channels that deal with that stuff. But what's the heart. And of course, you know, if you're talking about a comic that's by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, it's going to be heart. It's going to be, that's going to have heart and soul. And it did. And I think it surprised so many people not just how good it was, but also how, I guess, respectful it was at the same time. I think there was a lot of concern about that as well. But from a visual standpoint and, of course, a story standpoint, it, it honors the legacy of what Watchmen was, but it, it's also its own unique and special thing. And so I think, you know, in reflecting on Doomsday Clock, um, people need to remember that, like, from – I won't even use the word lesser – from a different creative team, maybe you get what you feared. But from Jeff and Gary, you know, you're that's not what it's going to be. So if you've ever been hesitant to read Doomsday Clock, take it from me, you know, having the two creators here right now, it's absolutely worth your time. It's a phenomenal book. It's it's all Thank it's you. I was thinking about it too. It really is. I mean, for for me and Gary, I know you'll you'll probably agree. It it, it was kind of our next Superman story. It ended up being our next Superman story because it's yeah. really a Superman story. Even though he doesn't, he he doesn't show up for a while. Doctor Manhattan doesn't show up for a while, but it ultimately it is a Superman story. Yeah, um, and and Doctor Manhattan and Superman are polar opposites, um, and to see them and their philosophies come together, and it was a it was a joy to work on. But again, nobody could do. I was like, if I I told Dan, the Dio, I said if Gary doesn't draw this, I I can't do it because I don't know. How to write this for anybody else i don't know how to i don't know who else could ever pull it off like i don't know the emotion of it i don't know like i don't know who could ever do this book and it was every issue was 30 plus pages it was a lot of work that book it was a lot of work but i i'm so happy we did it i am too and plus you gave firestorm something to do in that book which i appreciated as well so oh firestorm he's he's great i love when he that moment when he's like tells superman to go he's gonna blow up go like blah 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 and superman's like you can do i'm not leaving you can do this i love that i yeah. love that every moment that superman in that he's so he he's such a inspiration to me superman and uh, that comes from donner his, his superman movie and that's what gary and i we, we both wrote intros and 
you know, forwards or whatever to the absolute Superman that they're collecting of our work. And, um, and both of us had shared that touchstone that Dick, Dick made of Superman. And that's really been our compass for the character. And, and in Doomsday Clock, it was a gigantic compass. I, I really, really like that. But I like that. I like that Gary response because it really was a response. Because I remember people like, wow, Watchmen affected this and affected this and affected this and changed this. I'm like, yeah, but that's great. I, I love Watchmen, but but Superman affected a lot too. Like, and Superman still can. He's still relevant. And that's that was our whole point to Doomsday Clock was Superman is an incredibly, he's so powerful he can affect the greatest graphic novel ever written. Exactly. Right. That's the power of character. That's power. And that's something that, you know, you guys have talked about a lot with Ghost Machine. Um, is that that's what character can do. Character can take you places that you never thought you would ever go before um, because you care. And and what happens to these characters matters to you. What they do matters to you. Uh, Gary, hmm. you did you did Kin, which, you know, I don't even know if most people know this, but you wrote it and you drew it. I don't so, think, yeah, I don't think most people know it exists, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, did. which is incredible, you know. Like, I was wondering, you know, do you have, do you ever flirt with the idea of writing a little more, maybe something for Ghost Machine, you know, picking up the pen again and not, and not really. I, I working with Jeff. Jeff's very collaborative, so I kind of get we we talk, and if I've got any ideas, then. Uh, you know I'll, I'll throw them to Jeff and he can either use them or not or uh, you know incorporate them or, or not but I don't necessarily feel that I've got that that urge I feel pretty creatively fulfilled these days because I've if if there's something if there's something that I want to include or I or I, I feel it would be cool if a character does this so then I'll, I'll run it through Jeff and like I said he'll he'll if he if he likes it it'll it'll go in if he doesn't he'll explain why and and it always makes sense so yeah no i'm happy i'm happy completely to be doing the the, the, the doing the stuff i'm doing the way i'm doing it i i i just say this gary is like in the credits in our books moving forward to are just storytellers because there truly is like gary and i when we talk about these stories we're plotting i run everything by him we're talking about it he is co-writing the the stuff like the plot comes from all of our conversations. I was like, this is what I'm thinking. Gary will talk about it and respond to it. And from, by the way, big, huge things to little moments. Like, so it, it's not just like, here's my script. And then Gary just draws that. It is constantly a a back and forth. Um, I did a panel with Ivan in Brazil at CCXP. And he, he explained it really well to the audience as like collaboration. He's like, you know, when it works, the writer and artist are talking to each other through what they're doing. And that's what a script is. A script is me talking to Gary. The script, I'm just writing it for Gary. You're kind of doing two versions. You're doing the version you know the audience is going to see, but your script is what your your collaborator, get what Gary's seeing. And so I'm talking to him through the script. And then he talks back at me through the art because he's like, hey, I'm going to add this panel or do this or change this or whatever. So we're going back. And then I do dialogue on top of that. I, I, I alter dialogue once I get the pages. Sometimes they're exactly how they're written in the script. And sometimes he's moved things around or added a moment or switched. Like even in Geiger 1, he had switched a like a, an ending beat on one of the scenes because he felt, well, that I wanted to end on there. I said, totally makes sense. And I just tweaked some dialogue and moved it around. So we are talking back and forth on the story. So 
you can say the technicality of like typing is writing and and you know drawing is the technical you know term i guess for or the little term for for actually putting pen to pen to the artboard but really writing is a conversation that's happening in a amalgam and you know you're never experiencing art and writing apart they're always they're always talking to each other and they're always they're one thing they're, it's one thing that you're experiencing it'd be like saying like i'm gonna have a have a, a piece of cake but i'm gonna have the flour separately from the rest of the cake like you just don't do that right right so for us it, it really is like when, when you ask if gary's gonna write again he's really writing now i love that i love that I, answer i'm super happy that's why the books are good too because we talk about it and we just make it better you know again creative i said it earlier creative control is not it's everything i'm doing and i'm the auteur and this is it and blah blah, blah. it is I creative controls. I want like I'm going to work with the people I love working with. We're going to be able to do great, great, great stuff together. I'm going to take the input I want from the people, but it's it's still huge collaboration, huge collaboration. We just get to put the books out when they're ready. We get to do we get to make decisions with creative control and business control because you can't have you can't have creative control without business control. Which right. people always talk about. You need to have when you say, "I want creative control." Well, you got to have business control with that too. You got to control the the business because then you can really make the decisions, you know. And that's that's been that's been great because we're like, "Hey, we want this issue to be sixty four pages instead of forty eight. There's no one that decides that except us. Well, we want to still want to keep the pr cover price down to four ninety nine, even though we'll make a lot less money because it's going to cost more to print. We're like, that's we don't care. We want this book to be great. And because we control it and we can do that. Yeah. And then you can also go on a podcast and show pages from that book. That's not even out yet. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. it's, I can't believe it's going to be out in like six weeks. It's crazy. Well, let's, let's dig into that. Uh, we've got a lot of ghost machine to talk. Um, ghost machine. Number one does drop January 24th, but the final order cutoff is on Monday, December 18th. So if you're listening to the sound of our voices before that, well, before the 19th, I guess, run to your comic book shop, call your LCS, let them know that you want Ghost Machine number one in your pull list when you go the week of January 24th to get your books. You will not be disappointed. Uh, we can vouch for that. Everything that we have seen so far has knocked our socks off. So there's no reason to believe that that is not going to continue. Um, and also, I want to say that Geiger Ground Zero number two releases this coming Wednesday. So you guys okay. can you guys can go grab that as well, um, because again, there's really not like you're still in on the ground floor. You know you have the one volume so far of Geiger, the one volume of Junkyard Joe. You don't have to invest too much to get to know these characters and to get caught up. So uh, now would be a great time to do that. Yeah, if you're curious, you know Geiger Volume One's out, Junkyard Joe's out, the trades, and and Geiger Ground Zero One, and, and yeah, and two. It's just a two part story that Gary and I did that explores the early origins of Geiger, and also leads to the ongoing series. It leads to Ghost Machine One and the ongoing series. And if you like Junkyard Joe, you definitely need to read Ground Zero Number Two for sure. Don't say that to me. Now I can't wait till Wednesday. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> uh, and by the way, chat, I want to say if you guys can get us. You guys can get us to 40 likes, right? I have a plan for the end of this podcast. I want to do something very special. Hopefully, Jeff and Gary will indulge us. 
but we got to get there first. So smash that like button as we roll right along and get into Ghost Machine proper. So New York Comic Con 2023. Biggest announcement by a country mile is the debut of Ghost Machine, right? Everyone's buzzing. It was an incredible vibe. The biggest uh, like marker of that was the panel because the energy at that panel was just electric. There was so much excitement. You could tell even from just the questions that the audience had, like, whoa, this is something, you know, many of us have never even seen in our lifetime. And, you know, you talked about how it's it's like what happened to the the generation of creators that came after the image creators, no one formed a team. You know, they didn't, no one grouped up. Even in the 2010s, when all those creators kind of like left Marvel, that big exodus that happened, they all went to do creator own, but they didn't team up. You know, they didn't decide, okay, let's, you know, let's put our money where our mouth is and really bet on ourselves beyond just, you know, working for image or boom or what have you. So you guys have really taken, uh, I guess you could say a big risk because you're leaving the comfort of working for DC or Marvel where you know you're always going to have that check and you know you're writing character working on characters that people already love and you're betting on yourselves and you're betting on your creations. So what has the response from the industry been to what you guys have created here? Gary, do you want to start? I, I probably don't really know so much about it being out, out here isolated. I mean, I can I, I think probably Jeff is getting more firsthand response than me. So probably it's Jeff's the Jeff's the guy to talk about about this stuff. Well, my favorite my favorite quote kind of took was is from Todd McFarlane, who who basically said what you said, Sean. What took him so long? Meaning, why did it take so long for another group of creators to decide to do something together? And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it, I think. But um, but ultimately, it's the response has been great because people are. They know what it means. It's impactful because it's although it's it's interesting because. On some level, it, it feels natural that we would do this, but for it to actually happen with a level of talent. That that um, has come together, I think, for Ghost Machine is pretty extraordinary. We've got a lot of people reaching out asking, you know, when is Ghost Machine expanding? You know, what 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 are your plans? Um, a lot of uh, a lot of high level people asking me how like how did you build your business? How are you guys doing this? A lot of people are just curious, and and it's interesting because I think the the co owner. I mean, we we operated too. Like, there's no other company that's actually owned and operated by creators, and so we just kind of flipped the paradigm of, of every company because there's a lot of publishers out there, small publishers that you guys all know, and they do great books, but they're editorial structures. They're all the same. They're editorial structures. You hire talent and then they control and own most of the IP. The talent might, you know, be connected to it financially in some way. And all we did was flip that upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Is instead of the, the, the editorial structures, cause they're very, you can just replicate those. Those are easy to replicate. It's not easy to replicate talent, right? There's no other Gary Frank. This doesn't exist. So when we got this talent together, we just flipped the script, right? Instead of having the business folks, because I I can run businesses like we've all done. We're you know we all do our own personal business, but I've done a lot. I've show ran 
show ran shows and produce movies and, and run been parts of studios. So to flip it, it was a lot of work. It took us over a year, a year and a half to bu actually build what this business plan is because we didn't just go, oh, let's just go do this. We actually sat down and said, how are we going to do this so it really works for all of us? How are we going to do this to be the most successful at this? What are the goals? And we spent over a year with a lot of smart people building our plan, our creative plan, our business plan. And But ultimately, when you get down to it, they say, well, what? how does it work? Well, we just flip the script on every other business structure that's out there that's trying to own, and I don't love the term IP, but trying to own what creators create. We're not going to give up ownership. We're going to share it with each other, right? That's something that's big. Gary and I are sharing Geiger and Junkyard Joe. It's already out there, but now everyone co-owns it, mm. right? So we just flip the script so that the creators are in charge and we we hire the structures, the the editors, the, we we hire everybody, but they're part of our company. They're part of our family, the Ghost Machine family, people we've worked with for years and years and years. And they're, and and we're all in it together. But that's, you know, that, that I think is the most, interesting thing when we talk to people like so you guys really co-own everything we're like yeah we do I, because we we root for each other and i have to say we spent uh, we had a summit in new york as you guys know before near comic-con and there's a different feeling even afterward when you're in this company because you're looking at the books and you you're just rooting for everybody it's not you're not just worried about like your little piece, right? I remember at DC, you just have to focus on, okay, there's a crossover here. Do I get sucked into it or not? And, but with this, you actually look at everything and you're like, I can't wait for all these books. I can't wait to read these books. I'm so excited for this book. You're really invested in everything. Um, and that's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. There's no kind of feeling of, um, like there, there's there's no feudalism. There's no little tiny uh siloed areas which is my territory or somebody else's territory it's just everything is you're as likely say on the subject of a, with like crossovers and stuff or characters appearing in other in other books traditionally there would be an element of competition of, of somebody saying well you know why uh, can i have this character appear in my book and somebody else would be saying well no i'm using that character in my book and they're they're in this storyline and i don't want somebody else messing messing up but with, but with this if, if that question comes up you're as likely to say um i don't know if uh my character being in that book would be good for that book because it's the, it's everybody's thing we all have this kind of feeling of uh, of uh everybody's book is equally important we don't need we don't need to kind of carve out our little empires no it's 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 really feels un united and it's such a thrill to see everybody going back and forth because you get excited about you just get excited about everything and having also having other support systems like, you know, I've been inspired just like talking to Pete and Brad and Maytal and Lamont just talking about story. And then I know that Brian and, and Gary and Jay and everyone's and Francis and everyone Ivan comes in and turns in pages and we're all like everyone's like super inspired to just do their best, you know, and it's and do it in a very healthy, healthy way. Um, you know, everyone that's a part of Ghost Machine is. I'd say like the people are as curated as the as the titles, right? It's all really good, really talented folks. Brad Anderson, best colors in the business. Rob Lee, best letter in the business. We've got got a great editorial staff, publishing business, just from from top to bottom. But again, we're the only the thing that makes us unique is we're the only creator group in the world that that 
co-owns the company and operates the company in unison. And that's that's pretty powerful stuff because when we were in the in, at the summit, we we're in this big room. There's like twenty of us, and I was like, "There's nobody outside this room that can tell us what to do." That doesn't happen at any other company. Wow. Every other company has corporate structure, corporate structure, corporate structure, 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 structure. Individual creators know, right? They can go do their stuff, but as a as a as a group creating titles and doing this, what we're doing, the goal was to just have the freedom and have the, you know, have the camaraderie and, and, and the culture. That's really what we've done. And I think also it helps to uh, exemplify the confidence that you guys have in each other. As much as you guys are friends and collaborators, it's also, it, it's palpable that you, you look at another creator and you say, no, I, I know that that book is going to smash just because of the, the, the talent that's on and that talent is part of this larger pool. It is us. And that I feel is really unique. Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, look, everyone's super talented. Like I, I, you know, I don't think there's no question, like the books are going to be of a quality and we're not, we're not here to be like, we got to publish 10 books and meet our numbers and blah, blah, blah. We're not doing that. We're publishing. It's about quality, not quantity. You know, in April, we want, we launched with Geiger, Redcoat and Rook Exodus. And those would be the fir first three books for a little bit. And then the next wave of books comes. And we're going to be doing it, rolling it out really judiciously because we we just want quality books that come out when they were supposed to come out and um, and are great. And that with characters that people just like, just fall in love with right away. And we're committed, like I said, we're committed to these books and titles. Like these are going to be, these are long runs. Um, and and I that's think exciting. And I think that's something that you kind of you do when you have the confidence of feeling that you don't need every... when we when we began this with Geiger, there was kind of like the, the traditional path. You kind of your your fingers are crossed. And you're really really hoping this character goes because you're betting a lot on it, and you're hoping that you know it's going to be enough to sustain itself and to sustain us into into the future. But the thing is, with the way that once you kind of build out in such a way that everybody else is kind of. Everybody else is kind of there with a with a safety net. So some so you get to try something. You get to be creatively adventurous with something, and if and you also get to stick with something. You also be able to get get to say, um, I'm going to do three years on this on this book. You're not going to be panicking after six months thinking I don't know these issues aren't selling. Maybe I need to start again. Maybe I need to try a new character. Maybe I need another number one issue to bump that interest back up. There, there's none of that. There's just there's just the, the plan. We, we now take Geiger monthly. Uh, we plan on doing this for the foreseeable future. Obviously, from my point of view, I'm going to need artists to kind of jump in every now and then and help me because I'm slow. But the, but, but the, but the idea that you get the, the luxury of knowing that there's that safety net, you've got everybody else is also doing their thing. Some, somebody is always going to be producing something good and, it's, and everybody's kind of sharing in that success. Yeah, I mean the the I can't wait till I'm writing Geiger forty three. Like I can't wait. Like I love. I can't wait to be writing number books that are like in higher numbers because over the years the the you know it's constant number ones, constant relaunches, and I understand why they're trying to create jumping on points and stuff like that. But with us, we just get to create stories now. We get to have just runs, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, you know, I want to do Red Coat seventy seven. Like I want to just I want to get to these books where we're like there's mythology, there's characters, there's there's storylines, there's highs and lows for these characters, and they've gone through changes, and you know, and the 
there's nothing like writing a monthly book where because I have, I have an issue plan where we just we have a whole issue that's just Barney the two headed wolf right it's nice just, it's just him Geiger falls asleep and what's he do during that three hours right and what happens to him there's a whole adventure that happens that that we couldn't do it if it wasn't a monthly book and quite honestly uh, this kind of storytelling lets us explore the characters in a much deeper way you know and I'm I'm really inspired when I was first reading books like Vertigo was like kicking ass it was like there was like preacher and hellblazer and shade the changing man and doom patrol and i loved those titles they were so character driven and they were off the beaten path they weren't straight superheroes and that original um run of vertigo books that were my favorite books at the time um that's a huge inspiration too because of those kind of high concept characters but they were still very to me they were still very like um not traditional in storytelling because they weren't but they were traditional in the sense that they were character focused, not concept focused. Um, there's a title character and that's who you followed. And that's, you know, that we're, we're about characters. Most of our books are idled after the main character and that's what it's all about. And that was something else that was a huge influence from us uh, to us uh, for the original image. They launched Spawn and Savage Dragon and Wildcats. And, you know, a lot of times books are launched more conceptually now. You know, it's like more of a concept than it is a character. And we wanted to get back to characters. We have this amazing, I don't know if I can even show you a peek at it. Well, we, I, I, I oh, we I, would love that. I, I probably, I, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> because we're the, we're the bosses, so we can. Right. I'll just show you. So there's a, because um, we're going to release this, I think, this week anyway. So there's a, uh, there's a, a connecting cover that Ivan Reese is doing that is for the first three, the, the, the first three titles that launches. And you're going to see this, this is just the part two. You're going to see this huge three-part cover that features all our characters. It's all the Ghost Machine <laughs> characters we're introducing in 2024. And so you've got there Geiger and Barney. You can see this is one of Swine from Rook Exodus is bored. There's Mr. X-Ray, um, and Cranky and the monster from uh, Hyde Street. And of course there's Geiger, there's the nuclear knight right there behind Geiger. And then you've got some of the rocket fellers, but then there's another image and another image where you see more, all the other characters that we're gonna be introducing. And there's this beautiful image. Again, we'll probably release it this week. That is, um, uh, that is our entire ghost machine lineup. And that's something that we're excited about to have our characters lined up, right? It's like you get to go, what? Because Rockefellers could not be more different than Geiger or Rook or Hyde Street. And um, and so that's, you know, our goal is just, again, focus on our characters. Our covers, like our initial covers, of course, are going to be these cool shots of our characters. But our, for for our um, uh, moving forward, like our, our characters, our covers are going to be story driven. You know, they're not going to just be a pinup shot that we can put on a on a T-shirt. Um and that's something we talked about. Like when we were reading comics, story-driven covers were awesome. And it feels like we've really gotten away from a lot of that. They're usually just shots of our superheroes standing or posing, or there's not, they're not, they really don't have anything to do with the 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 content inside. And so, you know, again, we're we're trying to just focus on character and story and quality. Um, and we're not trying to be the biggest publisher out there. We're just trying to be the best. Can we expect the return of uh, word balloons to covers? There's actually one on uh, on the on the Rainco cover. It was on the Ashcan version we had. Here, I'll show it to you. Let me let me just open it up. Um, 
our chat is going nuts right now, by the way. They love what you just showed. Oh, good. I'm glad. So glad. I don't know. if Is this showing right now? Yeah. Okay, let me see if I... Oh, you know what? I got to get the other one up. I'll show you, though. We're balloons on covers. Love it. Um, But yeah, we're, you know, we're, we just want, we want to create great stuff. That's all. And, and, um, and we really, you know, we really believe in our stuff. Okay. Here's two of the covers of ghost machine. So yeah, that could be something I said, um, uh. in, in his story, he gets shot in the head right after that. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked, by the way, alternate covers, we had huge debates because, you know, there's so many alternate covers and on ghost machine one we had. We have, you know, uh, quite a few because we wanted to introduce our characters. We wanted to have everybody had a, every every character had a has a has a cover by right? Direwolf and Rockefellers. But uh, but moving forward, we really want to limit the number of alternate covers because we don't want to just have a million covers out there on our books. So although we're going to launch with some, we're, you know, our, our goal is to um, just have a very selective few and try and um, and really try and just just focus on all the. All the uh, again the quality and the storytelling and the characters is what's important, not how many covers are on a book. I think it's one of the biggest complaints I hear about uh, from people in the direct market too. There's too many variants, so kind of limiting that. Uh, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. yeah, so we're gonna let you know we're still gonna have variants, obviously, but um, after Ghost Machine One, they're pretty limited. I love this. Uh, if you are if you are watching this right now, understand that we're very mm -hmm. lucky and privileged to be seeing these things. Um, and take that for what it's worth. You know, Jeff and Gary, you guys are are dropping bombs. And look at look at that. Holy no. shit. Look at Swine. I know. I know. Swine's all, he's a super fun character too. He's like he's really into his pigs and like uh <laughs> and, uh, him and Rook go way back, so they're 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 friends. You're they're trying to build a rocket to get off this planet. Um I'll show you, you know, one more thing. It's really cool. Wow. Oh, good. This is the, the helmets page that's in the table of contents that I peeped. Yeah. <laughs> that so, is sick. That's just, a, that's just a handful of them. And there was a there was a, a Ghost Machine trailer that dropped uh, a couple days ago, and yeah. it has some really, really cool visuals in it as well. Um, so you guys should check that out, too, because all of this is building to Ghost Machine number one, and then everything spins out of that. So you don't want to miss out. Final order cutoff for Ghost Machine number one is this coming Monday. So get to your LCS. Let them know that you want to be a part of this on the ground floor. This is a so this is this is a sticking point for me, right? We talk every single week on this podcast about the industry at large. And we talk about the great and we talk about the things that need some work, right? We talk about, you know, where the industry needs to go. And putting your money, putting your effort, putting your time where your mouth is, is an important thing for us to do as fans. You know, if we want new, right? If we're tired of the hamster wheel of, wow, I really love that Spider-Man run. Oops, it's over. And all that stuff that I really loved, someone else is going to do whatever they're going to do with it. And that's <laughs> that, right? If we're tired of the hamster wheel, we have to support creators that are trying to do something different and special and unique. And that's the only way we get it is by going out and supporting. So um, the time is now. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. I, I, we feel like, you know, there's, there's always like, we, we want to just, we want to be um, additive to the comic book 
community and stores and and we want people and and readers and we want people to know oh there's ghost machine books like the very least i remember when i was in in school no matter how bad the week was i'm like <clears throat> at least it's comic book day i was like so it would get me through the week it would get me through the month like it really would in times that were tough which is probably why i love them so much and, and we want to replicate that i i you know, there's, we launched Doomsday Clock the week of Thanksgiving, and I've launched other books mm. the week of Thanksgiving because I always used to love that week of going to get comics and then being able to go home and have a few days off. And and the, that that comic book, going to the comic book stop, shop <clears> is special. So we want to at least make some books that at the very least when you go, you know, there'll be at least, you know, a, a book from us that will be worth picking up. Yeah. That's exciting. With all and, your uh, with all the stuff that's coming out, um, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm lucky enough for, for work and marketing. I, I get off the final week. Uh, and so that's, I have a number of books just kind of stockpiled, ready to get through. I'm going to sit down on my little nook and that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, if like we talk about the 64 page one shot, um, Ghost Machine One, and I'm like, if I was 15 and like I would pour through every single line of that uh, thing. Yeah. You know, it makes, that's why we have these throwback like profile pages and short stories and, like, you know, all this stuff in there because we wanted this thing. You get it. You don't just read it in two minutes and put it down. You get it and you, you're you there for a while, right? You're really taking it in and then you go back and you, you oh, that was here. Like there's certain in it, things in it you won't get that first read actually. You have to go back and read it again and see, oh, whoa, that that's there. But that's the idea is to create something that's just exciting. Like, like you can't wait to like, I want this book and that book or I want all the books or whatever. There's, there's definitely going to be, you know, there's a, I think there's a quality that, that hopefully we deliver that will connect with people and, and they'll, they'll want to check out the books. But we're so working, I have, go ahead. Sorry. We're just, we're working as hard as we can and we're doing the best job we can. So it, it's, it's all, it's all been so great so far already. And like, I keep going back to the idea, you know, creators, you know, characters you'll love. We already love them. And something that I think people don't, don't, keep in mind or don't you know think about is like you have both already created characters we love if you put junkyard joe and geiger aside not every character that you played with at dc was dc's you know some of those were from the mind of jeff john some of them were from the mind mm. of gary frank so you've been creating characters that we love for decades and so have the rest of the ghost machine cre creators so this is not you know it's not a an unproven idea that these creators can make things that you'll love they've been doing it for decades yeah we really i mean some late some characters we really a, a bunch of the shazam kids we love but like mime and marionette where i some of gary and i's favorite i think to ever to ever <laughs> those that relationship and those crazy those crazy characters was really fun yeah none of those characters at the, at the other companies were created by executives they were all created by people like people like us and now this is our chance to kind of to 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 to, to run the show Yep. And yeah. reap and reap the appropriate level of benefit, quite frankly. And and maintain maintain that control, as Jeff said. I I must admit, when Jeff and you were talking a, a little while ago about because uh, I've I've kind of always had a I keep doing non sequiturs, don't I? I've kind of always had like little patience with creators that say, Oh, you know, I'm really, really upset because I, you know, I created this character and then I walked away and then they and they promised me it was going to be dead and then it got revived and things like that. Because I kind of thought, well, you know what you're getting into. And then when you were talking before, I kind of for the first time I started to feel a little bit of sympathy with 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 that idea the idea that you kind of because you're pouring your heart and your soul into this thing and you've got to begin in the middle and an end 
and then you and then it feels like somebody else is then tacking a thing on the on the end of it and it it yeah i kind of i, I have a little bit more a little bit more than i had at the beginning look my 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 biggest you know my biggest um my biggest joy and also uh you know it's not really a worry because I, I i just don't i don't worry about it but you know i created star girl and that's inspired by my sister i don't own that character i don't control that character i got to run the show so i and i when I ran the show, I'm like, I'm not letting anyone do this. I'm running it. I'm writing it. I'm producing it. I'm going to be on the on the on the floor every day when we shoot. I'm going to be there. I'm going to like I'm going to oversee every aspect from story to editing. And because of that character, because I love that character and I love DC, too. So it was great to do kind of both. But I would be lying to say if I didn't really, really, really wish Star <clears throat> Girl. Um, not because I think they're going to kill the character or do something bad with the character, but it's an emotional thing too. You know, it is an emotional thing and um, particularly with that one. So, but again, I'm very grateful for all the stuff that I've been able to do with DC and at DC and with with work for hire creator characters, because that's what they are, work for hire. And we've created a lot of characters that they own, you know. Um, Atrostis is owned by them. Like, they're all owned by them. And that's okay. That is like Gary said, that is, that is kind of the gig. You don't really understand that too much when you're young, because you're just happy to be in the business. You're happy to be writing and you're happy to be creating, you know, new characters and seeing them in comics. <clears throat> it's a privilege. It really is. But there does come a point, point in your career. I think when you do understand and, and certainly Todd and Jim and, and um, everybody else uh, at image understood that Kirkman, like you, you there at a certain point you do understand like, there's a lot of reasons there's a lot of reasons to take the plunge and um i'm grateful we're doing it now because quite honestly honestly all the experience we've had from everything we've done collectively put into this company is insane because we have ideas coming in from brad Meltzer and rob lee and Lamont <clears throat> and, and everyone's <clears throat> all over the place with different backgrounds and so when you put all that experience and passion and they're good people and smart it's just it's pretty insane how internally how much information and education and experience that we get to all rely on um together it's pretty awesome one of the the big topics on like comic book internet right now is like oh uh the big two needs to get these big name creators back to to do comics and i'm like why <laughs> when when you have something like ghost machine that's around it just as a creator that just seems like a much more fulfilling option. Well, look, our our, our whole motto, and we, we've left this in the company, is that <clears throat> creators, like, when creators actually come on in a big way on Ghost Machine, they own it with us. That's the goal. That's how we built the company. There's room for more people. Mm. And that's exciting, because I want somebody out there, like, I don't, you can dream of working for DC or for Marvel. That's, that's cool. It's a good dream. I had that dream, too. <clears throat> and I was really lucky to to, to fulfill it in the way I did, but a dream to like not work for ghost machine, but to become part of ghost machine. That is a cooler dream. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I, I want to let, I want to let the listeners have their, their say we've got a, I mean, my goodness, people are so excited that you guys are here. Um, <clears throat> and we're, we're, we're only going to be able to get to a few. I have to say that up front because we have to respect their time as well. But, um, I want to quickly piggyback off of what you just discussed uh, in, 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 you know, some of the announcements that you guys have made and some of the mm -hmm. the stuff you've put out 
um, one of the one of the statements is building on the groundbreaking foundation of Image Comics. We prioritize the artist and understand the power that comes from uniting with others. Ghost Machine isn't only for the creators of today, but built for the superstars of tomorrow. Now, that's a statement that is a big one. And I think that it inspired a lot of hope in creators who, you know, want to break into the industry, uh, but even creators that are in it, but they haven't found their home yet. You know, they haven't landed where they feel like, you know, they're needed or they can do their best. And so what is the plan? How are you intending to fulfill that statement? Well, as you know, we're just getting started now. So, <clears throat> so as we grow, we already have a have a plan in place to recruit and support more artists and writers and creators. So the goal, we've from day one, we knew we wanted to keep expanding and help empowering other creators. And so that's our long term plan. Mm-hmm. And and not just you know, I don't want to get into it too much because it's it's internal, but we have. I mean, Gary knows what I'm talking about. We have we have yeah. very big aspirations for what we can can be and do for creators across the world. Because obviously, we can't just go the traditional route and just then become the the suits and then just bring everybody in. Yeah, yeah. Because we will just yeah. You can't like obviously there'll be some there'll be some artists that come in or creators that come in and do some books that aren't owners and operators of the company here and there. But our goal is not to do that. Our goal is to expand and bring in owners and bring in people who have true equity have true control and and to support that but we we're, our plan to do that is is i could say top secret gary right and it was yeah kind of, and it started with it's it actually started with gary it's like quite a while ago when we talked about how do we expand in the proper way and what do we want to do and 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 keep creators <clears throat> in control so that we don't become all like all the other companies because that's mm-hmm. not what we want to do and we have a really good plan it, it sounds um you guys are learning the lessons of previous publishers and really implementing and forward thinking and i think the industry needs that to continue to proliferate uh and to continue to produce really good art it, it is what it has always done but if there are companies um, like ghost machine to help facilitate and, and grow that that's only a boon on the on the industry right yeah for sure i mean that's why we love image too, because of how they like i was just up there with mike cotton our head of publishing um and we were up there in portland this week and uh met with the whole eric stevenson and the whole team and it was awesome talking about everything ghost machine and image and just the future of the business and how great it looks like people are talking about how you know it was, it was inspiring how, how sales are done and this and that but the truth is no they're actually not like people cannot like some of the stuff that's being published on like this but there's there's a lot of great <laughs> There's a lot of great potential and a lot of great great happening right now, and there's only going to be more in that more ahead. There really is. Let's let's let the listeners have their say. We'll rapid fire this. Um, you know, we have a, a bunch. We'll do our best. Uh, so I'll start it off, and then you know, you the rest of you pals, you you know, grab a question. Um, Dan Trudeau asks, "What have been?" His he didn't. No one knew Gary would be here, so I'll I'll amend it. What have been their unexpected experiences getting a new comic book company off the ground, both good and bad? And then he also says, um, though it wasn't a company, Ghost Machine does make me think back mm-hmm. to the Legends imprint of the '90s, uh, where some of the most seasoned, well-regarded creators got together under a single imprint. Was that ever in mind while putting this together? <laughs> 
So those two questions. The second one, uh, no, 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 it wasn't, wasn't really. Um, the the first one, I'll, I'll be quick because I know we don't have a ton, ton of time. But the best thing that was surprising was when we had our summit in New York, New York. City. I was going to say exactly the same thing. I was going to say that. And I would say every single person I bet Gary says on the team says the same thing. Because we, we decided to do a summit. We all flew in Monday. We're going to do summit Tuesday and Wednesday and then announce Thursday. And a lot of people had never met each other, met, met, met one another in person before or met one or talked to one another because they're from, we're from all over the world, which is cool. We're from everywhere. Brazil, Ivan was there secretly. Like we were from, we're from Brazil and Italy and England and Canada and, and the States. So it was, it was crazy. So we all came there and, um, and we bonded the work we did, not only how much we accomplished, but how we bonded, what we talked, because we talked about what do we want this company to be? What do we want this to do? What do, how do we want to get, like everything was decided together. And, but the thing that wasn't magical about that was that everybody just, it was like the, 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 the personal connections between everybody, the bonds were just formed like out of steel. <clears throat> crazy to see people who had net walked in Monday, didn't know each other. And by Wednesday night, it was like blood. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. That was the most compelling and surprising thing. Cause we all left very like, we were all kind of like, okay, it's going to be a lot of work to get there. And we all left kind of sad because it was so, it was so, it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. Wow. And I think you probably say the same thing. Yeah, I can, I can, I was the last out of New York and I just kind of was sat there in the hotel lobby uh, waiting for my ride to the airport as kind of everybody just disappeared from the first one out was Brian on the, on the evening before, and then gradually just sort of seen everybody. And it was quite a melancholy thing after all of that excitement, but it, it, yeah, it, I kind of, when, when we sort of arrived at the hotel and I kind of had a feeling it was almost like, oh, I'm going to get a taste of, of corporate stuff now, what people do. And you kind of, when we had our room booked in the hotel and you, and you know, everybody stayed in a hotel where you've seen the room, which is, you know, has a, some, a brand name or a company name, and you know, there's going to be some meeting in there. And, and it just all kind of felt like it was going to be something like that. And you, 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 you kind of, you walk in and you meet everybody and you start talking and then like three, four days later, you're already feeling like kind of everybody's family because you've eaten together, you've talked together, you've had a few drinks together everybody's sharing the same excitement everybody's got so many hopes and, and dreams pinned on this thing and there's that kind of nervous enthusiasm everybody's equally nervous about meeting everybody else and it was just a just a, a, an amazing amazing feeling it was really really good yeah we, so much so that we're, we're planning a summit a, a company <clears> summit every year in new york because and because it was so and it's and it's as much about kind of and this was too, is it's much about kind of talking about like how everything's going, the business and how we're going to change and grow and things we've learned. Because we always say like, we're going to hit speed bumps, right? There's no road that doesn't have a pothole. And life isn't just smooth. So if you guys know that <clears throat> you're going to hit something, you're going to face a challenge somewhere. But if we already know that, we know there's going to come challenges and disappointments and frustrations. But if we know that we're ready when they come, we can catch it and tackle it together and then process it, figure it out, move on and learn from it. And, and this, but by coming to, sorry Gary but, but by coming together <clears throat> it was it was like okay every year is going to be a summit not just for the company but because it's it's so it was so enjoyable and so important to the soul of ghost machine ghost machine has a soul ghost machine only exists because of the people in it 
there's you can't say that about all, all the corporations those things change leadership every you know quarter and we wanted to create a company with with real passion and real soul and that's what that that new york exposed yeah. for me is that man our soul's fucking awesome like this yes good. love it Gary, what about cha oh challenge, yeah challenge thing it's just for me it's just a lot of logistics like that's it's like it's not surprising I've, I've i've you know it's not my first rodeo um so you just don't know what logistics are gonna you're gonna face it's like okay uh from things like you know just the transfer from um uh image shipping with Di diamond to lunar how that affects us on how what we work it's just really logistics there hasn't been anything where um you know uh it's not like oh my it's no one's no one's kind of my head's not spun around by anything you know so far there's challenges everywhere in the market and kind of getting out new characters like <laughs> people there's 50 batman books out a week and we're trying to introduce new characters in the market like there's always challenges but i i don't i wouldn't say like uh, there are unexpected challenges but nothing we're not nothing shocking they're just like all oh, right we have to deal with this or this comes up so i don't know about you gary i i just the i mean i don't know if it's so much challenges it's just the it's just the the the, the, the degree to which this whole thing has evolved since the beginning since we're going back to geiger and thinking how small and simple and then kind of like just getting glimpses of how it could be something bigger and then watching over time as you kind of you know things things come in and there are new ideas and new directions and some work and some don't the, the evolution of it has just been staggering because i don't think either of us could have foreseen where we would have been you know two two years ago or you know when we when we first started i guess the you know the idea of building something bigger than just kind of a little stable of create our own books came maybe 18 months ago or something it was something last year early last year yeah the, yeah, the, the way it's evolved is just it's beyond recognition at this point it is it, cha it changed completely and and like also it's um it's like, you know, Gary and I could have kept just doing our creator own books and like, that's it. And J Jay and I could have gone and done Rook and Brian and I could have done Red Code and, and Pete could have done his, like, we could have stayed separate, but coming together and unifying, we're so much stronger in every single way from the business to the creative to just like as human beings, it's just, it's so much more fun. I'm sure Gary, you haven't felt this connectivity in, in your career probably. No, never, never. Like, yeah, I've experienced this when I ran Stargirl because it was such a wonderful group the cast and the crew of like the greatest of, of all time. So I've experienced the camaraderie that you can have when you're really happy and creating something and you're ex respecting one another and, and you're, you're excited every day to interact. And that's what, that's what this is. And I'm glad that Gary and Jay and everybody's getting a taste of it. It doesn't happen. I've had it happen twice. I've worked on my, I, I've worked on my own. It's it's a very very solitary kind of existence as a, you know as a penciler for for like thirty years. So, I mean, I've spoken to artists who've had who've worked in studios with other artists, and there's an element of it, I guess, then that you kind of you're working with other people. But I, there's still everybody is kind of pursuing their individual ends, and this is a this is a different thing completely. Yeah, that's beautiful. <clears throat> and um. One other question here from Amin Perez, who's in the chat and uh, became a channel member. So thank you very much. Uh, how do you approach world building, especially when it comes to uh, new properties like Geiger or Hyde Street? Is it harder to create in an already established sandbox or from scratch? One of the things I loved about books like Doomsday Clock and Junkyard Joe was getting new information and references from newspapers, articles as additional materials. 
can we expect that for High Street and Rook Exodus? I'm really grateful for your contribution to the comic book industry. Your work made me a DC fan. And uh, speaking to Jeff there, but obviously the question is for both of you. Thanks. Uh, you will see a bunch of stuff that, especially in Ghost Machine 1, that gets uh, in detail. But some of it's like Doomsday Clock style stuff, I guess, and then other things that, like some of those dossiers you guys saw. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's interesting. As long as I know why I'm telling the story, like emotionally, why? What am I saying about something? Like if Geiger, like how, what are the lengths you go to to protect your family? Um, what kind of person would you become to protect your family? Would you become something unrecognizable? <laughs> and um, if I know what I'm exploring emotionally, the world building challenges all that. It all goes back to that core. That nucleus is like, why are we telling the story? What's it really about? And then the world kind of tells, that tells you what the world's going to become. So you don't just go, oh, I'm going to do a world where there's like dragons and blah, blah, blah. Like, you actually design the world for me i designed the world once i knew the the emotional nucleus of of my story why am i telling this story what's the point like why do any like why do it and what are you saying about it so whenever i and then if i worked on someone like aquaman i'm like oh i want to tell a, a, a story about um about identity you know i got about a guy who uh you know my dad is lebanese and my mom's like from ohio and growing up in Detroit, there was my dad's side of the family. It was Lebanese and the food and all that stuff, huge Lebanese community. And then there was my mom's side of the family. It was like Ohio, like small town Ohio. And and that duality, I'm like, well, when Aquaman, I'm like, well, he's got a, his father's a lighthouse keeper, which is a very noble job. And his mother's in, in, in Queen of Atlantis. Couldn't be more different. And yet now he's both. And he, he doesn't feel like he belongs on land or sea. And so it was an exam, examination of duality and ultimately identity and acceptance because he realized, well, I can be the bridge between both. I have to be. He thought he was nothing in either, in either culture and then realized he had to be the bridge between both. And that's what he became. He took the throne, even though he didn't want the responsibility. That was what Ivan and I did on Aquaman. And so if I know where I'm going there, the whole story is just, well, if that's the story, then Atlantis has to rise up and he's got to face that. It just builds itself for me in my head. My stories always just, they don't start with like a scene. They just, once I know that, they just they just tell me what they are. I wish we had all the time in the world because I fucking love that run on Aquaman and I would love to to just dive into that. Oh my god. No uh. <laughs> it's sorry totally with Aquaman, by the way. It happens all it happened for three years when I worked on it. Right. Sorry, Gary. I don't know if you wanted to add to that. Uh no, I mean I, 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 well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Because I'm gonna, gonna keep talking. Um yeah, no, I, th I, th I would just like to echo what, what Jeff said in that you're not kind of, there's not a, 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 a you're not bu building a thing because you think this would be cool and then how do I retroactively fit in this into a story which the characters are going to uh, do something with. You're, the, the, the characters are, are, are there and the story is there and, the, you know, the arc of the, of the characters is there and everything else kind of is subservient to that. Absolutely. Kill, do you want to grab one? Or someone Yeah, I got one. it. So okay. uh, Saltless Swing uh, reached out and said, uh, I'm a huge fan of Jeff's work, presumably Gary's as well. Uh, I've got his Green Lantern run in three formats and reread it often. And my question is, what was the draw to bringing back so much of DC's history and doing it more than once? 
Well, because I always remember people would say like, oh, let's start from scratch. I'm like, but why? I've never met somebody the day they were born and known everything about them. Like you learn about who somebody is. Like it's more interesting to meet somebody who in the middle of their life and learn about who they are. And, and that's how I treat the characters. So I never liked reboots because it felt like you were getting rid of what I thought was potential richness to a story, to a person, to a character. When I brought Hal back, I looked at his entire run, everything. I'm like, well, what's someone experienced that whole thing? Who would they be? And and so I like the history. I think the history is important. I remember when the New 52 happened and they wiped out Oliver Queen and Dinah Lance's relationship. And I was like, that was such a great one. Like, what a bummer to, to have that wiped out because it's just rich. And you know, it's just going to happen again. Um, so, you know, for me, bringing the history back was just about relationships. That's why Gary and I brought the Legion, Superman's Legion back. They had, they had wiped out the Legion from and Superboy's relationship. Um, and, and it was such a great emotional relationship. Um, and there was a reason for it. It wasn't just because Legion was cool. It was because of everything I've talked about today. And so that's why I often bring the history of these characters back because I don't like erasing it. Uh, I think it, I think it adds to the, <clears throat> I guess it, uh, to me, it adds to the, um, uh, it's like a vacuum. It takes away from the richness of all the characters. Doesn't mean you have to reference every single story that's ever happened because not every story is worth referencing, but I just don't, I don't quite understand the, the, the whole scale kind of erasure of, history very much agreed kill you're muted bud of course i am um it's sort of erasing all that history it dilutes them down into you know these um archetypes that don't mean anything well they become yeah. action figures then right they really become yeah. action figures because if you're like okay here's the then they, they really are and and nobody doesn't have any history or, or baggage or struggles or or high points or low points in their life that 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 you meet. Um, so there's there's you know I I never mind like they're like should we reboot Hal Jordan? I'm like no, let him have been gone turned into parallax. That's cool, a great arc for him. Like let him having experienced that. I can mine that for three years, four years. Like I can that can become who he like a huge part of his his growth is that he's got to kind of face fear again and, and overcome his own fear of what he did and what he became. And then ultimately after he does that in Sinestro Corps, he could then experience other emotions. He's now ready to experience the others, the self-awareness of what rage is and what all these other things are. And, and that's where that grew. So I, I, I think it's really important. I mean, I, I think their history is really important because if you don't like something in the history, just don't talk about it. Who cares? Why, why, why say it's a race? Why have to be that OCD? Right. We've got a couple more listener questions that we want to get to. Again, we have to apologize. We're just simply not going to get to them all. It's not possible. We we, we, would, we would have needed all the time we've spent to get to all of your questions. Um, this one, though, is what we referenced earlier from Pete Collins. So full circle. Uh, and Pete says, questions for Jeff. What's his take? This is a huge question. And obviously, Gary, you're included in this as well. What's their take on the state of the direct market? And how do they see its trajectory over the next few years? Uh, uh, it's a huge answer that we could do a whole whole, whole kind of interview right. on that. I'll just say this. Our our goal, there's a reason that we got together um, for, for a lot of reasons, but our goal is to create great comics that get people to go to the store. So we're doing our best to just keep the industry healthy, keep it exciting, keep books out there that are worth buying, 
creates ongoing storylines, ongoing titles that bring people back week after week after week, like we did with all of our books we've done before, from Ultimates to Green Lantern to Justice League, everything we've we've tried to do in the past. So the state of the market is I I have investment in a comic shop here in Earth Two Comics in Sherman Oaks. I want that story to stay alive and healthy and kick ass. And we can the best thing we can do is create great books. And but I really believe in the in the direct market, and I believe people are going to keep reading comics. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't believe in comic books. That's and we love comics. We love them. So we're doing the best we can is to support creators, and support newness and support quality and get the books out there. That's so my take is, um, uh, the direct market just needs as much creative talent in it, kicking ass as possible. Uh, love that. And then Pete also says, also, does he need an artist? And I mean, we have Gary Frank here. So I think, I mean, and Pete yeah, is a, Pete is a great check, artist, but we got, yeah, we got to check Pete's art, art out. Then I'll, once I see his art, we'll come up with a, a handle for him. Oh, right, right, right. Um, shoot. I don't even know how we would be able to show you right now, but the Bardic Verses is a great book that Pete works on. Um, Okay, so we'll do we'll do one more uh, from Bruce Wayne, someone that you're very familiar with, both of you, who says thoughts on Hawkgirl making her cinematic debut in Superman Legacy as one of the biggest contributors to the character of Kendra Saunders. Oh, I love Hawkgirl, so any more Hawkgirl is always good. Nice. Uh, and Grayson Red just wants to say, was at NYCC and you guys were so cool and excited. Uh, Love the fact that you're a group of legends. Got the rock poster framed in my the rook poster framed in my room. Keep going. That's the goal. Now, I promised that we could do something fun if we hit the likes goal. We killed it. So, Jeff and Gary, will you indulge us in playing a very quick, very simple game? I'm sure Gary will. <laughs> yeah, I'm just un unmuting myself because I'm coughing every so often. So. No worries. We're, we're we're this this will this will be quick and then we will we will get you uh on the mend. So this is something that we we do every single week. It is a draft. And the way it works is we pick a subject and then we have to draft characters for the most part based on that subject. And so because of the nature of the kind of work that you both enjoy doing and the nature of what Ghost Machine is, you guys are working on genre characters you love genre right this is the genre draft and so what we are tasked to do the six of us is to assemble the greatest team of genre characters across all storytelling you can pick anyone you want there are no limitations except for the fact that they have to represent a specific genre that you like there are no limits on what the genre can be. It is totally yeah. up to you. We will each draft four characters. And whoever drafts the coolest, best team wins. Uh, and who determines who wins? The audience. I have well, they, dice. Go ahead. Like, to clarify, so uh, the, 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 the teams have got four characters in, or we're putting a team together and we're all contributing four characters? Each of us will have to individually draft a team of four characters. Okay. Okay. I'm going to roll my dice to determine the order 
and then we will begin picking our characters. So I'm going to roll first for Mr. Gary Frank. Okay. So here we go. Hopefully it's a good roll. That is a four, so not the best. All right. <laughs> now I will roll for Mr. Jeff Johns. That is a 10. That's pretty good. Tyler, that's a two. Gee, snake oh, eyes. Yeah, that Dang. tracks for everything. Yep. Marco, Give it to me. that's a four. Oh. Uh, myself, that is a seven. And Kale, that is a five. So now I have to roll for Marco and Gary to see uh, who will go first can, between can, you two. You can take it. That's a seven for Gary. And for Marco, that is a five. Well, so the go. order will be uh, Jeff. It's hilarious. Uh, myself, <laughs> Gary, Marco, Kale, Tyler, I believe. Yep. All right. So do I have do you have genres that you've got listed already or anything? Anything you want. Just, Just so say the look. genre, you know, I guess when you pick the character. A team of four, team of four characters. Yep. Uh, well, science fiction. I'll take Ripley from Aliens. <clears throat> That's a good pick. Uh, from Supernatural. Well, oh, oh, so then, sorry. So then someone else goes and then your oh. your turn comes around again. Okay, got it. <clears throat> the snake draft style. So, so I'm going to have to do sci-fi. Uh, sorry? Does everyone have to do science fiction now or No, we can all choose our our individual ones. Uh, I will go with Ooh, this is so hard. I'm going to go with You know what? I'm going to go with War and I'm going to choose Junkyard Joe. Cool. Okay. They're gonna, are they going to choose Garth Ennis? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So now Gary. Uh, okay. I'm going to, my, my head honcho is going to be George Smiley from uh, the Spy Thrillers, the John Le Carre. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do Westerns and I'm going to do Zorro. Okay. Kale. My turn. I also am going to do westerns. I'm going to do Wyatt Earp. Okay. Interesting. Tyler, you go twice. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with a little bit of a noir here. I'm going to pick Parker. Um, hmm. uh, and then I'm going to go with, I guess I'll do a sci-fi one. And I'm going to pick Worf from Star Trek. Uh, is it my so, the, so then it goes, then it goes Wait, from Tom, the bottom Tom, up, and you'll go Tom. twice, Jeff, when your time comes around. So, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my sci-fi. I will do John Carter of Mars. What? Nice, good. You might oh. lose. I'm also gonna do sci-fi, but Adam Strange. Nice. You're up now, Gary. Okay, I'm gonna add some muscle with King Kong. Oh, that's great. That's huge. Uh shoot, you know what? I'll go down that road as well. Um, and I will go with Godzilla. How about that? I'm gonna go with it's my turn, right? For two. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna two. go with Me- Mechazilla <laughs> and Harry Potter. Oh, great. So I got I got Ripley, Mechazilla, and Harry Potter. That's pretty badass. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then I go again. I will choose. Whew, uh, 
can I do that? Okay, you guys tell me if this works. Can I do mystery and choose Batman? Yeah, I, th- I think that's all right. Yeah, yeah, we'll give it to you. I, I thought coming with is equally uh, on the edge, so I, I'm gonna vote for you for for yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna vote yeah for you too. Trust me. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> all right. Uh, so then, yeah, it's your Gary, turn, yeah. Gary. Okay. I, okay. I'm. I guess you can never have too many brains, so I'm going. Velma from Scooby Doo. I'm guess. I did I say horror? I guess it's horror, right? Sure, or yeah. mystery. Okay. Yeah. Mystery, yeah. Mystery, yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do. I guess mystery as well. Kind of noir. The spirit. Okay. My turn. Yeah. Uh, I also am gonna do noir, <laughs> noir horror, uh, and I'm doing uh the spider. Nice old pulp character. Yeah. Okay. So I have my final two here then, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to go with... Uh, I don't know why this keeps coming up because I can't stop thinking about Animal Man, but I don't know how to genre, uh, make that a genre. Um, Humor. Or superhero, right? Yeah, yeah. That was sure. Yeah. But I'm not sure. picking Animal Man. I'm picking Grant Morrison from Animal Man as my pick. <laughs> Meta. I'm gonna go meta superhero <laughs> there. So I'm gonna pick Grant Morrison, um, and then I'm also going to pick. Um, I guess I'll do. You know, let's do western. Jonah Hex. It's a good one. That is a good one. Kale's last one. My last one. Uh, I I mostly it's gonna be a terrible pick, uh, but it's gonna be a romance pick. And I just want everyone to know how well read I am. Uh, Elizabeth Bennett from uh, uh, Jane Austen. <laughs> How's that degree right. feel, Cal? Good. Tremendous. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm also going uh, literature. I was going to do Frankenstein's monster for horror. So. Okay, that's good. Uh, you're up now, Gary. Your last. Uh, we're, we need something to get us all moving around, so uh, I'm having Captain Nemo so he can cart us around in the Nautilus. Nice. Adventure. Yes. Uh, I will, for my last pick, <clears throat> I'm going to go horror, and I'm going to choose Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm, very good. My last pick? Yeah. I choose the Ghost of Christmas Present. Okay, festive, right? Right. That's the theme there. Yeah, that's the theme. Get back to the festive, but can create great illusions. I'm imagining the uh, Muppets Christmas Carol version too. (laughs) Yeah, right. Which Muppet was that? So here is here is the list. This is the final list of everyone's picks. Jeff Johns got Rhea Rip, Rhea Ripley, Ripley from um, Alien, uh, Mecha Godzilla, Harry Potter. And the Ghost of Christmas Present. I got Junkyard Joe, Godzilla, Batman, and Buffy Summers. Gary Frank got George Smiley, King Kong, Velma, and Captain Nemo. Uh, Marco drafted Zorro, Adam Strange, the Spirit, and Frankenstein's Monster. Kale drafted Wyatt Earp, John Carter, the Spider, and Elizabeth Bennett. And Tyler drafted Parker, Worf, Grant Morrison, somehow, and Jonah Hex. So those are our teams. 
chat, yeah. let us know who you think won while we say thank you so, so, so much to Jeff and Gary for being beyond gracious with your time, for coming on at all. We so, so appreciate it. Uh, Gary, personally, this has been an incredible honor getting to speak with you. Uh, I have looked forward to this for many, many years. So thank you really, Thanks. really from the bottom it. of my heart for, for joining us today. Thanks. I've enjoyed it immensely. I'm so glad to hear that. I really, really am. For everybody who has enjoyed this conversation, if you are excited about Ghost Machine, that is the correct way to feel, okay? This is something special. This is something that we should all feel privileged to get to witness unfold. And 2024 is going to be the year of Ghost Machine. So get in on the ground floor with Ghost Machine number one. Final order cutoff is this Monday, December 18th. You want to go to your LCS. You want to ring them up. Let them know that you want to be a part of this, that it matters to you, it's special to you, and you want this. Also, don't forget that Geiger Ground Zero number two drops this Wednesday. So you can pick that up while you're there. You might as well pick up the trade for Geiger. Pick up the trade for Junkyard Joe. Get yourself ready for this new wave. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be so much fun. These creators have not disappointed us yet. So we trust them, and we should. Before we cut out, is there anything you guys want to leave the audience with? Any kind of message? Just from my part, just thanks for supporting us so far. Uh, hope we've got more stuff that you're going to enjoy in the future. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd like to say thanks too. Thanks to you guys for having me back on and Gary on and, and always being so fun to talk to and uh, loving comics. But everybody out there, thanks for listening. And um, I hope you check out Ghost Machine 1. The chat says uh, that Gary won the draft. Oh, so, yep. Well, there we'll you also, go. also check out uh, for more information. You can go to Ghost Machine Pro dot um, com or Ghost Machine Pro on Instagram, Ghost Machine Pro on Facebook, on YouTube. But we're really active on Instagram. Almost, I think all the creators are. are we're, we're there. We're talking all the time now um, and sharing stuff there. So you can find us at Ghost Machine Pro. And, and the YouTube channel, for what it's worth, for Ghost Machine has an awesome. Uh, pre uh promo video a little trailer that they put together which is actually really really cool so i encourage you guys to check that out as well we will be following ghost machine all on pals pulls you will be able to hear our thoughts on every issue that drops of anything that they do we're very excited thank you both so so much for joining us we are going to be back we're going to say goodbye to gary and jeff and then we will be back with you all to wrap up so thank you thanks that was fucking crazy. Uh, that was such an incredible experience. I uh, I mean, every time we get to interview Jeff, it's always, you know, special and fun, you know, and there's a certain energy about it when he's around. But being able to have Gary on today just took everything to another level. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't be more excited for what they're doing. We didn't learn about that until yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh, right. what? <laughs> Like we we had act, we we had requested Gary um a couple of months ago or whatever it was but you know we didn't know that we were going to be able to get him so when I was teasing like we'll have a, a a special guest uh possibly you know we weren't fully sure we would get Gary or that we or if it if it wasn't going to be Gary then it'd be, it might be someone else but we got the confirmation last night and just like that that took my excitement level from 10 to 20 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Broke your scale. Uh, the thing that got me excited was the um, the Barney story coming to Geiger. Yeah. Because I because I don't know if I don't know if you guys read it. I'm, I'm, I I bet you Sean and and Kel have. Uh, but it was uh, Adventure Comics. Jeff Johns' run with Francis Manipal, mm. Connor Kent. Uh, yeah. vehicle yeah. there is a crypto centric issue in that run that is one of my favorite issues of all time mm. um has fun i was thinking of the uh the lucky the pizza dog hawkeye issue. yeah yeah or even a uh, uh, marvel unleashed so i'm a big fan of dog mm. issues so uh chat i want to say to you guys you have been phenomenal i appreciate the fact that you showed up for this in droves, you got us to our light goal. Really appreciate you. The questions and comments have been great. I do apologize for the fact that we couldn't get to everything. It's just so, so hard, you know? Like, you ask a question, you get a five-minute answer. You know, that adds up. Um, and, and we want to hear from them, right? Like, we want to hear their thoughts. We want to hear what they have to say. So, uh, you know, there's we did what a, we could. There's a reason Jeff Johns is such a good podcast guest. Right. <laughs> 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 absolutely uh but we but you know we do this for you guys in a lot of ways too like we want you to be able to have your voice uh heard and uh, we hope that you enjoy the effort that we put in uh to make these kinds of things possible because you know it's not always easy it's not mm-hmm. always as easy as just showing up and doing the show and having a blast but these moments right make everything else worthwhile uh, it's just so much fucking fun. You know, I'm not trying to cry about it. Like, I just got to speak to Gary Frank. You know, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah. Uh, Kale's back. Let's go. What's up, <laughs> hot dogs? Keep back at a good time, huh? Well, listen, uh, uh, Jeff comes calling. I come uh, like I, I don't normally have a filter on. Um, I, I'm crammed into my office. The room <laughs> is an absolute sty. I'm not even like under the desk. But I was like, listen, Jeff's here. Like, what am I going to do? You podcasting side saddle right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. If Gary wasn't going to come, if we didn't have another guest and it was just going to be Jeff, then I was going to say that the special guest was Kale. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Kale. Wouldn't wouldn't that be a reveal? Maybe we should pull that off. Maybe, you know how he was talking about, like, you know, uh, the dream is to be a part of Ghost Machine. When that happens for me, when that happens for me, right? That's what we should do. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Shit. Hey, Christian, Christian in the chat, send it through those hot dogs. Hey, love a hot dog, man. And uh, uh, just, being to, <laughs> just being able to access uh, Gary and his mind and the way he thought about stuff, man, I love that kind of thing. Getting oh, to talk yeah. to an artist and just have him explain his process or just the way he's like. This is a visual landscape. What? In like, I don't. I don't suspect Gary watched our previous interviews with Jeff, but a lot of the answers that he gave to some questions are similar to what Jeff's talked about previously on the show. Yeah. So it's yeah. cool to see almost that independently. Uh, 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 it's almost like when twins can have what's it called when twins can hear each other's thoughts? I telepathy. Twin telepathy. Um, it's almost like creator telepathy yeah. in a way uh, because they've worked well, together so many times. It's second nature to them. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, in a in a uh, a good husband and wife relationship, when the kid asks mom something, they can't go to dad and be like, "Oh, well, you know, mom said," and dad's like, "No, no, 
I know what your mom said. <laughs> we trigger Marco in that, but you know, it's fine. Did she say that? We we don't actually have like a whole rest of the show plan. We just want to chit chat if you guys want to hang out for a few minutes. We can answer listener comments and things like that. Um, I did want to bring up one thing, Sean. Um, go for it. Alex right. Sanchez gave us a super chat earlier in the show. Um, appreciate it. He said, why isn't James Robinson part of Ghost Machine? Um, I'm a big James Robinson fan. Uh, I also hope that that happens. But again, we can't really ask questions that obviously we won't get a definitive answer to. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was the only reason why I skipped over the question. I'm but sorry. I, I know you were a super yeah. chatter. Really, really appreciate it. We just, we asked that question. We already know what the answer is going to be, and it's not going to be satisfying for you. So, mm. um, and we, ha- we really do have such limited time. Like, yeah. We went over the, the initial time, <laughs> and like they're so good about it, right? But we do want to respect them, and we wanted to make sure we did the draft because it's so much fun. Um, really great episode, guys. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. I uh, hope you appreciated the shout-out that you got. You got a lot of play there, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, shit, we almost, we almost had uh, your nickname and shout-out created by Jeff and Gary. I think if time had allowed it, yeah. you know, they would have uh, – you know that yeah. that would have uh, happened. A strategic um, Patreon yeah. sign up, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, eight eight good, absolutely. With all of those things, he's always so so good about that. Very very kind to just, hey, this thing's cool. I think you guys might like it, and we're like, yeah, you know what? We are gonna like that. That looks cool. <laughs> and you know what? It is cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Saji says, thank you, Jeff and Gary. Awesome and insightful guests. Wish they could have expanded on some answers. Yeah. Um, you know, and that and that is the 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 only unfortunate part. There's four of us, two of them. You know, it's it's it, I'm sure I, I mean look, I'm sure that all of us have questions we wish we could have gotten to. Yeah. You know, like But we don't got five hours, so <laughs> I do. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> and by they I mean Jeff and Gary. Yeah. Um but yeah, you know, we did our best, they did their best. You know, they, they gave such expansive answers most of the time. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the early Christmas present. You know what, Atomic Hound? You're very welcome. And I feel like uh, Christmas came early this year for us with this interview. Um, yeah. it, it really, really, uh, it really, really hit me hard. I, I had such a blast. Um, what? Really appreciate all the kind words from you guys. One thing I really want to see is I need some Rook Exodus action figures. Those costumes are so freaking cool. <laughs> so good. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to, to Marco's Minions for getting us over the not, line. Doesn't, not a thing. This uh, bullshit. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was at 38, and then I asked for the Minions, and then suddenly it hit 40. I don't know, man. There's some sort of correlation there. Dude, well, there are no fucking Minions. I asked <laughs> people to, cra- to, to crush the likes goal, and the likes went up. Kale, do you know about this, this Minion horse shit? I don't, and I have to say I don't like it oh, on its face. <laughs> and that, and that, what you just said is why we need you because you need to put this fucker in his place. This, mm. There's, there are no minions mm. of Marco. They, they, they exist well, in the. I air. think, I think the problem is there are minions of Marco, and they need crushed. Who are these people? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen these people. So the what, what, what would they be? So we have Marco's minions allegedly. We have Kale's cult. Uh, Sean's saviors, Sean's, Sean's, uh, Sean's, uh, uh hmm. I don't know. That's alliteration it's for falling us. Falling apart. Uh, t- Tyler's, uh, Sean's sidekicks. 
Oh, there, there it is. Tyler's taints. I don't know why it's the only T word that I can think of. I like team. Like, like <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. Team Tyler. I don't team have a writing Tyler. degree or anything. It's fine. Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, um <laughs> I mean the Rook X's helmet thing can become a new Green Lantern course spectrum. Ooh. I'm a swine Ooh. at the moment. Oh sick. Word. I mean, you said that, not me. <laughs> I mean they're they're putting together something that is 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 that cool that yeah. mm-hmm. you know there will be a time when people go, Oh, what what you know, choose your animal. What animal helmet would you want to have? Um and that'll represent your identity, just like people do with the the freaking, you know, the lantern rings, right? Yep. Yep. Um, it's cool. <laughs> do you always have that available? It's it's just literally all, it happens to be on my desk. desk. Yeah. It's your yeah. fidget spinner. Uh, but, uh, one of them. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear it. What was your what would your helmet be? Oh, I know mine oh. right off the bat. Of the, are are you asking of the ones we saw or like in general? In general, because we don't know anything about yeah. it yet. Right. Uh, an owl. Uh, get those well, hooters out. Let's yeah, go. Absolutely. Um, might be a platypus. Ooh. Yours would be a big foot. <laughs> Takes foot. Uh... Marco, we we did a similar thing on Palace Pulls, by the way. Marco That's and a I Velociraptor. We we, we, to, we were oh, okay. Yeah. Let me just explain this. We were talking about Titans Beast World, and Marco asks me. You know, what animal do you think you would transform into if the shit really went down? So I said, owl. So I said to Marco, what animal would you transform into? This guy, this individual goes, oh, yeah, I'd be an alligator, which has absolutely nothing (laughs) the fuck to do with Marco at all. Okay, (laughs) I don't know why he threw that out there. Then he goes to Velociraptor, which is not an animal that exists on Earth anymore. Okay. And then he finally gives a genuine answer, which Tyler, you'll appreciate. He says, "Octopus, octopus, tentacle gang, 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 gang." gang. Now, Marco would be know. a cocky. That's what he. Would be. <laughs> 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 oh shit, Sean sycophants. That's what uh, Roboters put in the chat. No, uh, Sean, Sean sickos. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. No. 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 I don't co-sign that. I don't have sickos. I don't have sycophants. Okay. I don't have minions like Marco. I've got people that you know enjoy what we do. Um. I also wanted to throw this out there. You know, those of you who support us, you know, those of you who who join the chat every week, those of you who are supporters on Patreon, channel members really 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 thank you so much because we get to do really cool stuff um and and a lot of it is because of you guys it's because of the the consistent support the engagement we literally would not know jeff if it wasn't for Mm. the fact that brian cunningham the editor on go uh geiger excuse me um likes our show he happens to happens to have seen it right and, and enjoys what we do. And the reason he was able to see it is because of your support. And that's going back. That's going back. What now? Two years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Before a lot of you were even here. So you never know what you do that affects other people. Okay. That brings other people into the fold. Just those likes, just the comments. You know, forget anything financial, right? That helps us live. 
But just the likes, the comments, the shares, the retweets, all that stuff puts us in front of people like Brian Cunningham who put Jeff Johns in our path, which then puts Ghost Machine in our path. I can't even talk about the level of collaboration. But it's because of you. So really deeply thank you. Consider supporting us in all the aforementioned ways. If you really love what we do, if you feel like we're cooking right now, we've had a hot year, we would love for you to show that by joining the Patreon, becoming a channel member. And if that is not something that you can do, we still love you. We still thank you. You guys are the realest fans out there. Thank you so much. A couple more comments. Sean Shorties. (laughs) No. No, please no. I have a girlfriend. I don't have Shorties. (laughs) (laughs) He has one tallie, and that's... Listen. (laughs) One tallie. Yep. Uh, that's the most Caucasian thing. Thank you for bringing back the Caucasity to the show, Cal. I appreciate it. Listen, I, absent. I, I. There was a diversity hole that needed filled. Can I phrase that better? That was perfect. No, actually. no, that 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 fits. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, uh, Roboter says uh, you put comic discussion and creators in front of us. So thank you, Comics Pals. Thank you for tuning in for these because. Um, we, we, we wouldn't bring them in if it weren't for, for you guys and uh, being able to have dialogue and discussions. And you know what? Post-show as well, right? Like, we're going to go into the into Discord. People are going to catch up, um, and that conversation is going to continue to flow, and we love that. Yeah, absolutely. Atomic Hound says, pals heating up like a microwave. Thank you. And my goodness, Hound, you talk about a supporter. You talk about a road warrior for us. Really, really thank you so much. Atomic Hound actually sounds like a Geiger character. Now that I think about it, for real. Oh yeah, <laughs> sounds yeah, sounds like what his his dog is. Barn. The Nuclear Knight and Atomic Hound. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> Love that name, man. Nuclear Knight. Gotta get it in. Cool as shit. Yeah. All right, we're gonna cut out. Thank you so much. We appreciate everybody that joined us today. We appreciate everybody who's gonna see this, hear this, uh, after the fact. You guys are great. If you like this stuff. Support us however you can. Even just a like on the video. All that stuff's huge. Our normal hour, if you if you don't watch our show, don't know us. Saturday, 10, 15 a.m. Eastern for this show. We have creator guests like the ones we just had. Hard-hitting conversations about the industry at large. And fun shit like the draft. There's just a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, 6 p.m. on Thursdays for Pals Pulls. That's where we review comics. If you want to hear our thoughts about Ghost Machine, number one. Guy on Ground Zero, number two, which is dropping this Wednesday. That's the place to do that. Um, Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals. I'll shout it out one more time. If you want to nickname it a shout out like the one that everybody else got earlier, that's the place to get that happening. Uh, And then, of course, you can become a channel member. You get a green name in the chat. You get a snazzy, our logo next to your name. You get emojis. You know, you get uh, early access to new videos that we've been putting out that are dropping on our YouTube channel. So, you know, we love you guys. We love to give you give back what you give to us tenfold. So if you support us, we're going to go hard for you. One thing, too. Uh, Tuesday, join us here for Book Club. Yes, we will be talking about The Authority. Tyler won the Book Club poll this week, uh, this month. So we'll be talking about The Authority. That should be good. Yeah, with Second a Ghost Machine creator on it with Brian Hitch on art. Hey, there it is. Mm. I haven't read it yet. 
exclusive. Dude, I think you'll really like it, Sean. I think you're a Warren Ellis guy, I think. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I love Warren Ellis. Yeah, we have similar tastes when it comes to that stuff, so I, if, I think you'll like it, yeah. Yeah, I bought it a long time ago. I'm excited to dive in. Oh, I'm helping you get through a stack? Yes. That's hell literally. Yeah. There Even we better. go. The, dude, that's pals pull or I'm sorry. Uh uh the book club does that's what it does for me. Like I yeah. I own a majority of this fucking shit. I just haven't <laughs> read it yet. It's so annoying. Gotta get to it. Yeah. Uh, Amin Perez says, I can see the comics pals exploding even harder in 2024. Marco's gonna explode even harder later tonight. Whoa. Hey, Whoa. Pause. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> no, thanks, dude. I really appreciate it. You're one of the uh one of the realists. Another double dipper. We've got so many double dippers. I see you, Christian. I see you. You guys are great. Look, thank you so much. Really have nothing in me more right now but gratitude. Really appreciate you. We will see you on Tuesday for the book club, the Authority Book Club, and then, of course, Thursday for Palace Pulls, and then right back here next Saturday for the main show. Love you guys. Thank you. We are out. See you next time. See you next week. Mm, that was nice right. to hear. Yeah, that's okay.